0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is June thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. We are almost into July. It's almost Fourth of July. Got a nice weekend, all that stuff. I've got Luke back with me this week. Luke, how you doing?
1: Fantastic. I hope I hope you're doing well. I hope the people are doing well. Um, man, this is this is gonna be a good one.
0: Yeah, and um, hoping that I don't have more internet problems because that was fucking stressful. Last, uh, yeah. or on uh, Wednesday because me and Collins, even like we started recording late, so I was already tired, and then that all happened. It was just a, a perfect shit storm, but <laughs> nonetheless, we're here to have fun, and um, that's exactly what we're doing. So, of course, as always, MLB recap, MLB weekend preview. And then we're going to talk about some like kind of turnarounds for MLB players and teams this season kind of like a, a most improved kind of thing, and then uh, a decent amount of NFL news, kind of making up for what we missed, uh, talking about on Wednesday, got some transfer news, of course, and then we're going to kind of catch everybody up, including ourselves, on what's going on in the MLS. Um, we're going to start talking about it throughout the summer, now that all the European leagues are over, um, and try and pay a little more attention to the MLS, because I feel like we have not given it any attention. It's been neglected. Certainly. <laughs> but, and we'll see. Maybe at some point this season we're going to realize why it's been neglected and then neglected again. <laughs> we'll see. Hey,
1: it's all just trial and error, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: But we'll round it all out with top three, bottom three red things. Uh, obviously, on Wednesday we are supposed to do blue things, but uh, I'm going to push that one back until the next time me and Colin record, and we'll do that. So, Luke. You're ready to talk about the MLB. I'll let you take the stage for this first one.
1: Yeah, because you already know what I got to talk about.
0: Yeah. History
1: was made yesterday. The Yankees, you know, just basically farming XP on the shit athletics. And that's literally what Domingo Herman did. Wow. What a fucking game. 11 to fucking zip win. First perfect game since 2012 and King Felix did it on August 15th. Um, Damn. Like, I, it was just... It was insane. He threw 99 pitches, 72 of them were strikes. And I remember uh, the next part that I'm about to say really surprised me, but then I remember that it's Domingo Herman, and he loves the curveball, Grayson. 51 curveballs were pitched and 30 fastballs were pitched. So he was just lighting them up with the curveball. Like, shit was insane.
0: Yeah, and that's something that is rather uncharacteristic of players that are going to go deep into games. Because a lot of them are going to throw fastball sinker primarily and just kind of keep going. But when you throw breaking balls and you're obviously you're on that day, it is so effective.
1: Yeah, super effective. And I listened to last episode and you and Colin, y'all were a little disrespectful to Giancarlo Stanton. Rightfully so. I'm not that delusional. Rightfully so. I thought you were about to defend
0: him. Deeply.
1: you can't defend him okay. but I I think he watched the podcast I guess Giancarlo Stanton's one of our listeners because he actually had a phenomenal game yesterday it feels like his first one in a while I think he had like he had a home run two RBI and I think like a 115 mile an hour single I mean he was he was decent
0: yeah uh, like I'm totally fine with them playing fine but they <laughs> are they've been playing pretty bad recently Yeah, big time. But let me get a little deeper with this no-hitter. Sorry, perfect game. Um, It's the first no-hitter of the season, making it the 18th straight season with a no-hitter. Luke already said it's 24th perfect game in MLB history. He he also said first perfect game since Felix Hernandez in 2012. That was 3,969 days ago, which is the longest gap since... The 4,755 day span between Catfish Hunter's perfect game in 1968 and Len Barker's perfect game in 1981, which means that if you only watched baseball in the 70s, you have never seen a perfect game. (laughs) Which is crazy. That's true. Uh, But with tonight's or last night's result, the Yankees now hold the record for team perfect games with four. They previously shared that with the White Sox at three. Um, the Yankees have broken the record for the most runs scored in a perfect game in MLB history with 11. Uh, the previous record I believe was 10 and then Domingo Herman, who I really don't understand how he's the guy that threw this perfect game. He had a 8.5 ERA this month.
1: Oh dude, he is easily one of the most frustrating players on this entire team, but I mean, <laughs> hey, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, he also he said that uh, I think he told Yes Network that um, his uncle had passed away two days ago and said that he cried a lot in the clubhouse yesterday and that this game was for him. So makes it even more uh, amazing that this all happened.
1: A hundred percent. Was that all you had? Because I had a I had a little trivia question for you about Yankee perfect games.
0: Yeah, go ahead and ask. I hope you haven't
1: seen it yet, but there are four perfect game in, perfect games in Yankees history. Correct. Who are the four people Ugh. besides Domingo Herman.
0: Oh, man. I, I already gave you one. Yeah, obviously <laughs> I know Domingo Herman. Uh, I'll give you a big hand. might have no shot. <laughs> Two of them were in
1: back-to-back seasons, one in 98 and one in 99.
0: Ooh. I can't even think of fucking... Yankees pitchers right now. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea who any of them are. I can't think of okay.
1: Don Larson did it in the 1956 World Series. Gotcha. Which is why I thought you might know that, because it was a World Series perfect game. The other yeah. two, 1998 was David Wells. Can you give me 1999? Because you know this guy. I'm sure. You know
0: I'm sure is. I know who it is. I'm... Not going to be able to think of it.
1: Girardi caught it, if that helps at all. He was the catcher. Doesn't help. David Cohn.
0: Ah, yes. I do so Don
1: Larson, was. David Wells, David Cohn, and now uh, Domingo Herman joins that list. So he, <laughs> Domingo German, he's he's kind of an outlier in this list. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
0: Definitely. But I have a fun fact about all four of those no-hitters as well. Oh, let's hear it is that every time that a Yankees pitcher has pitched a perfect game, the Yankees won the World Series that season.
1: Wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think that streak Uh, ends here.
1: I have to be real. I think you're right.
0: (laughs) All right. Anything else about this perfect game? No, that was really it. All right. I got to talk about Shohei Otani. Let's do it. Oh, my God. Tuesday night. 6.1 6.1 innings pitched, only 4 hits, 1 earned run, 10 strikeouts. As a batter, 3-for-3, three three, 2 home runs, 1 single, and a walk.
1: Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he
0: now leads the majors in homers with 28, leads the majors in triples with 5, slugging percentage with a 6.59, OPS with a 10.48, and as a pitcher, he leads the, the majors in hits per 9 with 5.7. This guy is unbelievable. He's now batting four oh seven in games that he pitches this season. What? Oh, So he's
1: better if he bats and pitches, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he's like top five in AL strikeouts, too, I think.
0: Yeah, he is it's, absolutely it's insane. He's the first player in MLB history to have 25 home runs, five triples, and ten stolen bases before July 1st. That's ridiculous. And he's currently on pace for 12.2 B-War. That would be the highest in a single season since 1985 when Doc Gooden posted a 13.3. But if we're looking at just AL history, you'd have to go back to 1967 when Carl Yastrzemski posted a 12.4 B-War season.
1: Wow. Interesting.
0: It's absolutely insane. And the fact that he's in a contract year and he's putting these numbers up, like, the the number could be anything. uh. Kyle Glazer of Baseball America tweeted out saying that last week he kind of posed the question of 11 years, 550 for Shohei and free agency to a senior front office official. That guy's response was, you're too low.
1: I... As crazy it may sound, I I even I I agree with that a yeah. hundred percent. Five fifty is way too low for him. Oh
0: yeah, me and Colin talked about it on the last episode. Like his value, you know, according to like the like projections as a pitcher, he's already worth like a couple of years and <laughs> three hundred million. And as a hitter, he's worth like five hundred million. Like. It's absolutely insane the numbers that we might see this offseason because it's certainly going to be the highest ever. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, of
1: course. Um I I would go as far as to say Grayson, he deserves to make if you're just looking at like contract worth, but not like per year, but how much they're actually making, he literally deserves to be I would say at the minimum 200 million dollars more than whoever second place is.
0: Yeah, at like, the minimum. What I would say is because like typically you're not gonna sign a pitcher to like a ten year deal. Yeah. But with his value as a hitter, you can go a little bit longer. So I think the right ballpark is like eight years for him. Yeah. And honestly, eight years like it could be eight years five hundred and fifty million instead of eleven. Yeah.
1: I could see that. Eight years would put him at 36 years old. Yeah. He could still be an effective batter.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: At that point in his career, I think. Yeah.
0: It's wow. it's absolutely insane what he's been doing.
1: <laughs> his salary right now is $5.5 million. I know. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> yeah. The Angels
0: are robbing <laughs> him
1: actively. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Where do I want to go? I have a couple stuff. Should, should I give you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Where does Freddie Freeman rank among first basemen? All time. All time? How, how good actually is Freddie Freeman, in your opinion?
0: I think he's one of the best. But first base is a, a loaded position in history.
1: It is. But Freddie Freeman's pretty ridiculous. Right, on both got, sides I'm just
0: going to look up like a list of like Hall of Fame first basemen, just so I can refresh my brain. No, you're good. Let's see. Oh, this is a strong list. <laughs> <laughs> I'd um, say, as of right now, or are you saying as of right now, or by the time his career's over?
1: Um,. Let's go by the time his career is okay, over.
0: Okay, by the time his career is over, I think he could be a top 10 or top 5. Wow. Because, yes, there's guys in here like like when you look super long time ago, you have guys like Cap Anson, who was absolutely fantastic, um, Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, um, Harmon Killebrew in the 80s, Willie McCovey, and the guys like Fred McGriff, who just got in, fantastic. I think Freddie's probably already had a better career than a decent amount of guys that are in the Hall of Fame that played first base. Yeah. But, like, I'm at the moment, I'm probably not going to put him over Frank Thomas, Stan Musial, Eddie Murray, Harmon Killebrew, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, or Bagwell.
1: I like it. I honestly didn't even know who a lot of those guys were. Really? Yeah. I, I knew, um, crap. There was somebody that you Frank said in there Thomas, that I knew. I would assume. No, I didn't know who Frank Thomas was. No
0: way you don't know who Frank Thomas is. I've,
1: I've never heard of Frank Thomas. The Big Hurt? When did he play?
0: Like, he got inducted in 2014, so he, I think he played, like, 90s and 2000s. White Sox. Primarily? From
1: 1990 to 2008,
0: uh, pretty cool. He's actually
1: from Columbus, Georgia.
0: Yeah, guy's like a bona fide legend.
1: Wow. Yeah, he looks like it. Damn, six
0: five. You might recognize him from his NuGenix commercials. N- NuGenix. Yeah, the testosterone booster.
1: No, <laughs> I-, I do not. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. You obviously haven't wanna... watched ESPN late enough at night.
1: I, I did back in the day. Damn, his career batting average is three hundred one, and his yeah. OPS was nine nine hundred seventy four. Yep. Yeah. Damn.
0: You gotta you gotta study up, brother. I do.
1: Six five two seventy five. Damn.
0: I'm pretty sure he's on the uh, like. Sometimes he's in that group uh, on Fox with like Big Poppy and A Rod.
1: Maybe I've seen him there. I yeah. just didn't know who he was.
0: But uh, anyway,
1: off of Frank Thomas now, an injury saga. Here we go, guys. It's, it. <laughs> I love this series, man. This is easily one of my favorite things to talk about. So he had a uh, minor league outing on June 25th, so a couple days ago. He went four innings, no runs, only gave up one hit, and then four Ks. So he was absolutely fantastic. Um his fastball velocity, uh, in my opinion, is still a little bit down from what it normally is. But he, I mean, seems to be pretty effective. Um, we're thinking one more rehab start for him. And then I've been seeing a lot of estimates of he could rejoin with the Yankees next homestand on July 7th versus the Cubs. So it's actually looking finally pretty good for Carlos Rodon.
0: Yeah, we're looking about a week. Yeah, about a week.
1: And then one more injury news. So Aaron Judge actually resumed baseball activities. Not too sure what that means, but I know that he played some catch for the first time in Oakland. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, baseball activities, just like guys get out on the field, maybe hit some BP, throw a ball.
1: Gotcha. So literally just baseball activities. Is what yeah, I mean. yeah, it <laughs>
0: is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, but it is that time of the year where Andrew McCutcheon takes to Twitter, to oh, announce no. the world, to announce to the world, furries. Yes. <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> dropped the furries tweet.
1: Oh, no, it's over. The the best player in MLB history is about to come out. And yeah. It's Andrew uh, fucking McCutcheon during the furry week in yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs>
0: let's see who who are they playing this weekend i believe it's the so they're playing the Padres right now and they're losing 3 to 0 so it hasn't started yet <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's it's coming
0: yeah he he's one for one
1: it, dude I'm, I'm telling you man
0: <laughs> we'll see but yeah watch out for andrew McCutcheon this weekend against the brewers
1: oh, man I'm i always you. forget that he was he's a fucking mvp yeah Andrew McCutchen at one point. One of one of the best players
0: I've ever watched play the game. Really, genuinely, like watching him in his prime, it was unbelievable. Watch like him and Starling Marte in that outfield. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, I I love I love Cutch so much. Yeah. Um,
0: if you're a if you live in a gambling state and you're of age to gamble, uh, go ahead just drop. Anytime home run hitter Andrew McCutcheon for all three games this weekend.
1: Yeah. I, I would have to agree with Grayson there. And I'm not really too familiar with the betting. I just I just know how good this guy is during furry week. So um I got another question for you, Grayson. Yep. This was one that I uh that I saw on MLB.com. It was kind of popular, and I, I yeah. thought that, you know, with your opinions that I've heard you talk about, like with Joe Musgrove and you mm. Darvish. Should the Padres trade for a starter?
0: Uh, yeah, especially if you watched Nick Martinez the other day. <laughs> uh, Brutal. Zero innings pitched. That's it's a tough one to come by. I think he gave up four runs. Um, yeah, they should certainly. Um, I, I don't really know who because, like, there's, uh, and I'll, I was gonna get into this later, but I'll go ahead and say it. Max Scherzer said that he's willing to waive his no-trade clause. Wow. So, Max Scherzer could be, <laughs> like, I really, I don't know. Because, like, right now, you have you, Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell. Michael Walker has been very good. uh, But Seth Lugo, he's just being Seth Lugo. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they could use starting pitching. And I think they could use bullpen help as well. I just talked about Nick Martinez. He has not been good at all in the bullpen. Um, Steven Wilson has been on and off the injured list. Same with Tom uh, Cosgrove. Um, and they just don't have like the guys outside of Josh Hader in that bullpen that make me feel okay if one of these starters does have a bad game.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... I, I don't know. It's weird for the Padres because maybe, maybe not so much their bullpen outside of Josh Hader, but like this rotation just on paper looks pretty disgusting. You know, like Blake Snell at one point was you know <laughs> crazy with uh, he played for Tampa, right? Yeah,
0: Al, yeah. So young. I
1: was about to say, and then uh, Joe Musgrove, he you know he's a solid option there that I feel like could only get better. And then you just brought up Michael Wacha; he's been brilliant. And then you, Darvish, is you know, kind of 50 50. But I mean, he's still like a good player to have on your team. It's just, yeah, super unfortunate that you know, this rotation is actually what's holding back, you know, all that money they got tied up at the plate.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> so know. They're if, bad I don't so. know if it's really the rotation that's holding him up, though. You don't think so? I feel like we could ask for a lot more production from the guys on the field. Yeah, fair. Like Manny Machado needs to be better. needs to just play better. 253 batting average, nine home runs. His OPS is 704 right now. That's not Manny Machado.
1: Yeah, not at all.
0: And Xander Bogarts uh, seems to be a waste of money because Haas Young-Kim has just been better this whole season. Yep. Like, the only guys that you're getting anything out of are the two guys I expected from, which is Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto.
1: Yeah, it's been... Very unfortunate. But I mean, you and I, I feel like kind of predicted it. You know, when we yeah. were going over the MLB, it's they brought in all this talent and it's super entertaining, you know, I'm sure to go to Padres games and, you know, watch them play mediocre. But like on paper, it just looks sick. Like it's a dream team, but they just can't. I mean, they'll never be better than the Dodgers yeah. at this rate.
0: I think the problem, you know, going back to your question, The problem with them trying to trade for a starting pitcher is are they even going to be in contention? Because right now, they're 10 and a half games back. So they're seven and a half games back on the Dodgers. They're six games below 500. Like they've got some ground to cover. Big time. Big time ground. So I I don't even know if they'll be in a position to be buyers come the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I. They probably just need to hang on and ride it out. Dang, they're fourth in that division too.
0: All right, well, let me talk about some starting pitching that if you look at the the box score has not been successful, but if you look at the final score, it has. (laughs) The Reds won their sixth consecutive game started by Luke Weaver last night, uh, either last night or Tuesday. And he's given up in that stretch 27 runs and 26.2 innings in a 9 ERA. Wow. But they've won six straight games with him as the starter.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. Like, <laughs> this is just such a testament to that offense.
1: It, it really is. And the offense is young, too, yeah. besides Votto. Yeah.
0: Like, but Incredible, like, man. Yeah, truly incredible stuff. Uh, another fun fact, uh, Bo Naylor. Uh, hit his first career home run yesterday against the Royals. Uh, this makes him the third Bo uh, in MLB history to hit his first big league home run at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City.
1: Dang, that's yeah. a place for bows, I guess.
0: Yeah, Bo Jackson in 1986, Bo Bichette in 2019, and now Bo Naylor in 2023.
1: Huh. I like it. Um I Actually, I quickly want to go back to the Reds, though, um, because I had a question for you. So right now, and and this is just insane looking at this on my laptop screen, they're first in their division in the NL Central. (laughs) They they have a half-game lead on the Brewers, so not by a lot, but, I mean, the Reds are there, Grayson. So my question for you is, what is the ceiling for them this season?
0: Um, I think the ceiling is winning – the division series. I think that's their ceiling. I don't think they can get into a world series. I think they could get to a, uh, like a national league championship series. Maybe Yeah, it'd be really tough with the starting pitching that they have. Uh, But this is a team that certainly could be in a buying situation. So maybe they do pick up some starters because yeah, Hunter green has been good. Certainly not great. Uh, Graham Ashcraft has been kind of here and there um since his very good beginning to the season andrew abbott has been fantastic um now 4 and 0 like absolutely insane and then like, ben lively has been decent but he's been hurt and then we just talked about luke weaver how he gives up a ton of runs and they just luckily win that's not going to get by once you once it comes to playoff time like that you're not going to get by with that kind of stuff so like it, yeah. picking up a starting pitcher or even two, honestly, would be a huge help to this team because they have a, a decent uh, bullpen. You, you know, guys like Lucas Sims in that bullpen has been very good. Um, Buck Farmer's been decent. Alexis Diaz has been a great closer. So you have the talent in the bullpen to where you, what ideally, they don't really need to pick up any hit thing on the hitting side because they even have backups that, that work. But... If you've got, you know, the capital to pick up at least one starting pitcher, one relief pitcher, I yeah. I, I would take it.
1: Okay, I like that, um, t- dude. Did you see Matt Burling's slide versus the Rangers?
0: Yes, dude.
1: That was that was better than Trey Turner's little bullshit yeah. that he did and went yeah. viral for. That was <laughs> Matt Burling was nasty.
0: Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> Um let me talk about the Mets real quick. <laughs> uh, <please>. Okay, first <laughs> just something funny. Uh, Eduardo Escobar got his uh passed his citizenship uh citizenship test the other day, so now he is a US citizen. But when his teammates were helping him prepare for the citizenship test, <laughs> he got asked who the first president was, and his answer was Ron Washington. <laughs>
1: Oh no. <laughs> third base
0: coach for the Braves, if you weren't aware. <laughs> not not the first president. Um I did not know that
1: was first co- or third base yeah. coach for the Braves. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So,
0: the Braves <laughs> just stay in Mets players' heads. But
1: yeah, we got to talk
0: about Steve Cohen's press conference. Good old Uncle Steve, the owner of the Mets, the fucking the richest owner in the MLB says that if the Mets don't improve by August 1st, which is the trade deadline, they won't be looking to add pieces and instead would be looking to explore the possibility of trading away players. That obviously brings to me to Max Scherzer being willing to waive his no trade clause. The problem with Max Scherzer doing that is who has the payroll to pick that up while still being in a winning situation. Well, when you look at the standings Teams like the Reds have the the money to pick up a guy like that. Um, looking at the AL, the Rangers might. I'm not too sure, but it's hard when a guy's on a contract like that. It's hard to trade him away, and it would have to be a big time move because you got to make the money work. But I think my ideal landing spot for him, Baltimore.
1: Uh that would just blow cock.
0: It, it just it looks the best on paper. Either either Baltimore, either Baltimore or Arizona.
1: Out there with Gallon,
0: like it, oh, man. it's the two good teams that need starting pitching and have the money.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It, what what would actually be even crazier? If Scherzer could somehow link up with Verlander, like, could you imagine that pair on the same team? That couldn't go wrong, could it? (laughs) So, I I, listen, Yankees (laughs) and Braves fans, we're gonna take our fucking jabs at you. (laughs) No, like, it's it's just, it's gonna happen, but. I, I don't really. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Grayson. I, I'm sure he's been good, and, and I know uh, I don't really think he started the season well. But he he obviously is now. I don't really know how I feel about Scherzer anymore. Like I, I I feel like the decline has hit him way harder than it should have this season.
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, he spent a little bit of time on the IL, but still, a seven and two record is not bad. Uh, but. He's definitely giving up more runs. The The whip is up, so he's letting more people on base. The strikeouts are down. It, it is kind of a guy taking a step back at 38 years old isn't unexpected.
1: Yeah, and, and on top of, I guess, the team success and how much he makes, it's just, it's just not a good situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also I think the Mets are kind of at fault for paying a guy like that that much money at that age. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of crazy. But like when you look at his numbers, um, you know, it's his worst whip since 2020. And um, his worst ERA since uh, 2011. Like, the fact that he held it up that long is phenomenal. A three-time Cy Young winner... He's been a a finalist for Cy Young, what three, six times? Just top three, like
1: it's insane.
0: He is absolutely ridiculous, wow. and I I just think, you know, yeah, you gave him the money, which is fine, but they have to expect that he's gonna get hurt, he's gonna decline, things like that are gonna happen. It's just how how this works. It's how the sport works. You can't go that long and be at the top of your game.
1: Of course. Yeah, no you're right, but um g- going back to the yeah, the main topic though. I I like the Reds. Orioles is just now we're in unfair territory.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He would just be he'd be too good in my division.
0: <laughs> well, I'd be fine with him uh-huh. out of mine.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm sure you would, even though y'all just beat up on him anyway. But yes, yeah, um, I got another question for you, Grayson. It's my last one. Yep. So you and Colin talked about it uh, on the uh, last podcast, and it was it was hilarious hearing y'all go back and forth, and you know how you you really put emphasis on the fact that this man doesn't even play in a real baseball league anymore. That was hilarious. <laughs> that, 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 that got a good laugh out of me. But obviously, I'm talking about uh, Alec Manoa. Alex Manoa, Alec Manoa, whatever you want to call him. I still don't know his first name because he really just isn't that relevant anymore. Um, Is he finished, Grayson? And I mean, I'm not saying, like, can he ever go back playing to how he was? I'm saying, like, does he even really have a career as a decent MLB starter at this
0: point? Yes. The answer is yes. He has the opportunity. The thing is, is that this is a contract year. (laughs) <laughs> and typically, historically, you want to play good in a contract year because, let me tell you what, he's probably not going to be a Blue Jay next year. But there are teams that are still going to get him, just solely based off of 2022. Even even his rookie year in 2021, he had a good rookie year, 9-2, 322 ERA. Um, like he, he was very good. This year though, horrible. And what a horrible year to decline. The third your third season in the MLB, you're still on your rookie contract. Like truly the worst timing for this thing to happen. But yeah. the guy's still an All-Star like last year and he was third in Cy Young for the AL. He was even he was he had MVP votes. Ow. So it's hard to say that the guy's not just like his career is over because we've seen the good parts. And I think that's enough for teams to look at him.
1: I still can't believe he's only 25. Yeah. And I, I have this question to you because I, I liked how you brought up that it's a contract year for him because I was actually unfamiliar with that. That makes it all just the more funnier. Do you think with him actually being up for contract this year, it actually helps his career out a little bit more going through this rough part? Because.
0: Yes, I do. He,
1: because he probably, like you said, won't be a Blue Jay next season, which will mean he'll just get a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah, he may not, you know, get the Shohei money that. You know, he should have in this contract year being 25 and, you know, already being as good as he was, uh, you know, his past seasons. But still, like he's going to get a fresh start somewhere. So maybe on top of that talent that's, you know, just covered up right now with the yips, maybe he'll, uh, you know, be in a New Jersey next year and just be lighting him up again. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I, I think this being a contract year actually works out better for him. Because Like, yeah, he's not going to get as much money as he wants, but he's going to be making more than 746000 that he's making now yearly. Of course. And I think the best thing that he has going for him is that he's not under contract right now because if he were, you know, let's say he still had two, three years left on his deal and the Blue Jays don't want to give him a chance. Like, he doesn't turn it around for him. Then, when that comes up, then teams are going to be like, well, he's been, he's had three years to prove him wrong. And he didn't. Yeah. So, why would we want him? But now it's like, okay, there's still something there. And somebody's got to get it out of him. Yeah.
1: Do you think the Blue Jays would be stupid not to re sign him?
0: No. No, I don't.
1: You just think his time in Toronto is what is what's
0: up? Yeah, I think he's just he's lost he's lost his like his opportunity. Yes, last year was phenomenal, but the way that he has played this year and the way it seems to be going is just not working. And if something's not working for a team that what they've won like forty five games, like uh, forty four games, then they gotta go because you're still in a winning situation.
1: Of course. Yeah, I like yeah.
0: it. If you're in a winning situation, you got to get rid of all your all the losers. And Alec Manoa is a loser this year.
1: <laughs> I like it. That was my last thing for uh, MLB. Okay. Retail. I got a
0: few more things to go. Um so to continue on the Steve Cohen thing, he said that he's been clear from day one that they're still looking for a president of baseball operations. Uh I'll gladly do it, Steve. I'll be your President of Baseball operations. I hate the Mets with every fiber of my being, but i'll I'll be the president of baseball ops we We can negotiate money, but for now, I'm gonna assume that I'm getting this job.
1: <laughs> I like it
0: um also big news the Rays no longer possess the best record in baseball by winning percentage it's um, shit on. for a few hours yesterday. The Braves had a higher winning percentage than the Rays, but the Rays won last night. So now the Rays have a chance to take it back with a win tonight because Atlanta has an off day, but I'm taking this as a Braves W (laughs) as you should. (laughs) And I'm just going to start spewing off Braves W's because I got a a few of them here. All 12 Braves with at least a S with at least 75 plate appearances this season. Uh, that are on the active roster, have a WRC plus above 100, so above league average. And that's weighted runs created. Okay. Matt Olson has hit eight home runs in the past 12 games, putting him at 26 home runs. He now leads the National League in homers and RBIs, and his 26 home runs are the most for a brave before July since Andres Galarraga in tw- with 27 in 1998 and wow Ronald Acuña now sits at 19 home runs and 36 stolen bases he leads the national league in stolen bases and he is now on pace for 38 home runs and 73 stolen bases wow yeah like 73 it, it, unbelievable stuff
1: <laughs> and he can throw 104 flat-footed without even like moving his body
0: yeah <laughs> He's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I love Acuna.
0: And um, now let's talk about some losses because we talked about the Braves' wins. Now we got to talk about the Twins' losses. They're 23-30 and 30 since May 1st. That's the third-worst record in the American League after the Royals and Ace. During that period, the Twins' pitching staff has allowed the league's third-fewest runs per game. But the Twins' lineup... Has scored the league's second fewest runs per game.
1: Damn,
0: they went 0 for twenty three with runners in scoring position during this series with the Braves.
1: That's a that's a good way to lose games.
0: Sure is. There's not many other good ways to lose a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other
0: than just going 0 for twenty three in general, not yeah, just with true. runners in scoring position is a great way to lose. Just getting no hit for a full series would be. A pretty tough way to win, but it's been done. It's pretty fucking hard to <laughs> to lose three games or sorry, to win three games or one game when you go over twenty three of the runners in scoring position. Yes. <laughs> um, let's continue. The Minnesota Twins have the highest team OPS in the American League Central at seven oh eight. Sounds great, right? That puts them twenty first out of thirty MLB teams in OPS.
1: They're first in that division? Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just kind of close the coffin here. The Twins have now lost an MLB high 12 games when allowing three runs or fewer.
1: Dang.
0: Yeah. Their offense, their (laughs) offense fucking sucks. Like, it's, astronomically bad. Because, like, we all know the A's and the Royals are bad. The Twins, whoa. Because, like, early in the season, they had some great things going for them. Yes. Now, they've lost three in a row, obviously getting swept by the Braves. They're 40-42, and which doesn't seem that bad. But when you look at the numbers, the best batting average by a qualified hitter in their lineup is Carlos Correa, who's batting 212. Dang, dude. Their home run leader is Byron Buxton with 13.
1: <laughs> Tied with Joey Gallo.
0: Yeah. Their RBI leader, also Carlos Correa, who has 37 RBIs. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Like, it's. They are astronomically bad. Their best on-base percentage is Byron Buxton, who has a below 300 on-base percentage at 297.
1: Oh, man. Bummer. Yeah.
0: And, and like, when you're looking at average, so when it comes to, like, the guys that are actually qualified hitters, Carlos Correa is 212, uh, and then Trevor Larnock, 211, Byron Buxton, 203, Max Kepler 198, Joey Gallo 189. Like it is absolutely crazy.
1: Yeah, how I was just about to say it. looks like Joey Gallo's uh back to regular self now. Yeah, but or the see, thing he, is I mean, he was hurt.
0: He's hitting bombs, 13 home runs. Yeah? I mean, that's true.
1: That's but,
0: true. Yeah, they they just can't hit the ball. I, I don't I don't know what their issue is.
1: I I don't know, man. It, it's just that division.
0: <laughs> True. So I've just the, drawn it up. I past. will say the pitching's been great. Joe Ryan has pitched very good. Sonny Gray's got a sub three ERA. Pablo Lopez has 120 strikeouts. Johan Duran's got 11 saves. Like, very good stuff on the pitching side. But that fucking say, offense I'm, just can't help him.
1: No, not at all. Um, I just love seeing Sonny Gray do well. It's a cool pitcher to watch.
0: Yeah. But I'll move on to the Dodgers, who also fucking suck. Oh, let's hear it. They're 10 and 12 in June. They, uh, you know, before, I think that was a couple of days ago. But this will be their first non winning regular season month since May 2018.
1: <laughs> like five years ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's crazy wow. to ever do that in general. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. But their team should not be this bad. No. Like, obviously, Freddie Freeman's playing great baseball. Mookie Betts has been pretty good. J.D. Martinez has been pretty good, you know, to their standards. James Outman has cooled off since the start of the season. David Peralta playing pretty average as he does. Um, but he's kind of been in and out of the lineup with Jason Hayward and him kind of platooning. Uh, Miguel Rojas, you know, playing good defense, not good offense. That's just what he does. Max Muncie hits bombs and strikes out a lot. Um, And Miguel Vargas, uh, Vargas has been decent. Definitely not good. Uh, more on the bad side, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I just don't get it. Cause like Will Smith has been very good. And, and like I said, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and even Max Muncie with the home runs have been pretty good. And I just don't understand what's holding the back. Cause the, the rotation has been great. Julio Urias has been good. Clayton Kershaw has been fantastic. His June was fantastic. Five games, 33 innings pitched, a 1.09 ERA, 4 earned runs, 30 strikeouts, and 8 walks in the month of June. Ow. Um, And I'm going to say this stat, and it's going to sound bad at first. Clayton Kershaw's whip of 1.049 is his worst since 2010. And he leads the National League in whip. What? Yeah.
1: Dang, dude.
0: Yeah, Clayton Kershaw is easily one of the best pitchers in the history of the game.
1: He He's a freak of nature, dude. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, like I said, worst since 2010, which was his third season in the league. He's leading the National League right now in whip. And the year after 2010 was his first All-Star appearance and his first Cy Young, and he was 12th in MVP voting, and he was... A gold glove winner in 2011, 2012, All-Star, second in Cy Young, 16th in MVP voting. 2013, All-Star. Cy Young MVP was seventh. 2014, All-Star, Cy Young, and MVP. Okay. And he's just still good. Like, still yeah. so goddamn good. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I really don't. Don't understand how a guy can be that good. Like that, 2010 was 13 years ago. Yeah, and he still posted a sub three ERA in that year. It's it's incredible. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw is an anomaly.
1: It really is. I I don't I don't get it either because he he's not showing. Any signs of slowing down, even at you know the ripe age of 35.
0: Yeah, like he's had his his moments, his years and stuff where people are like, oh, like here's the decline. Like 2021 was not a good year. Ten and eight, three five five ERA. But a three five five ERA really isn't that bad. It's the second worst of his career behind his rookie season. Three five five. But a three five five ERA is as good as some Hall of Famers. Yeah. It <laughs> is. Like his career ERA is a 2.48. That's his career ERA? Yeah. Think about that. If he okay, if you have an amalgamation of Clayton Kershaw's from every single season, you put it all together. This is my best way to talk about averages across a player's <laughs> career. Go ahead. You combine all of his skills, what he has done good or bad in every single year of his career, he's still going to go on the mound, pitch nine innings, and only give up two or three runs.
1: Yeah. Like, that's that's uh,
0: insane.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's a pretty good way to help your baseball team win games.
0: Yeah. And, and his career whip, 1.003. It's just silly. But, yeah, and I think that to kind of get back to what I was talking about, how his whip is the worst of his career, or worst since 2010, and it leads the National League, I think that the new rule changes are certainly boosting the amount of players that are getting walks and hits in an inning. Oh, yeah. Because it just seems like there's always – like just about everybody seems to be getting like, you know, one, two players on every inning. Yeah. Yeah, with the new rules, it does seem that way. Yeah. So, just wanted to bring that up, but uh Luke, you have anything else before we get to the weekend preview?
1: Um the Red Sox are below 500. Fuck them. Yep. <laughs> They've been Fair terrible. Enough. I I love they have watching better. their downfall.
0: They've been bad. Yes. That all? Yeah, some, yeah, we got some good series here. Yeah, we do. We've got we got a couple them now.
1: Um, I mean, hang on. There was one that I saw earlier. I'm gonna have to fucking find it again.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and start then. Marlins, Braves. Uh, yes. So good. It's gonna I'm, be so so good.
1: Yeah, Arizona and uh and the Angels will play. Yeah, that'll be pretty nice.
0: Yeah, Arizona has had a a tough week, man. It, but they're killing it. They they're yep. what they finish a four game series against the Rays today, yeah. And then they have to turn around and on Friday they have to face the Angels in a three game series.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's no, you're right. Um, I mean, I I know it's not really a weekend thing, but right now, uh, Grinky and Bieber are playing against each other. I mean, the Royals yeah. and the you know Guardians both kind of are trash, but I mean, still a you know pretty good starting pitcher matchup there.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah, right now we've also got Padres Pirates going on. It's a, a battle of trying to get back on track, and somehow neither of them will. But <laughs>
1: battle to see how 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 well Andrew McCutcheon can play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've also got Astros Rangers this weekend. Uh, that one's big because um, the Rangers only have six games right now, and the Astros – so the Astros could certainly pull it closer if they can win the series, maybe sweep. But I I was watching the um, the Astros, actually the last couple of nights, for some reason they've just been on, and I decided to watch them. I love Mauricio Dubon. That guy yeah. is awesome. He makes fantastic plays in the infield because right now he's playing second base because Jose Altuve is out. He's batting two, eighty five. 307 on base 407 slugging like he's not a hard hitter but he's a pretty good hitter and his fielding is so goddamn good
1: yeah no i I like that guy a lot too
0: shout out mauricio dubon
1: (laughs) no kind of looking at this i i think miami and atlanta is like by far your best series i'm i'm seeing nothing else here that jumps out at me
0: yeah i i really do think it and like Me and Colin talked in depth about how good the Marlins have been. Like they have, they are so goddamn good. Like we're on a five-game win streak. Miami's on a four. Like they're doing a great job of at least keeping this division close because Philadelphia is ten and a half games out. They're in third place, and then the Mets seventeen games back. Washington twenty-one. Those two teams are irrelevant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, they are. (laughs) (laughs) But.
0: Like, Miami being six and a half games back on Atlanta, especially with a three-game series this weekend, they could bring it close, theoretically. Do I think they will? Probably not. But they are very good, and Jorge Soler has been so goddamn good, and he's just still flying under the radar. And I don't get how. He's got 21 home runs and 46 RBIs. He's batting two forty seven, which is... Pretty good for a, a hitter like Jorge Soler. Like he's putting up fantastic numbers, and it just seems like nobody cares.
1: I guess it's you know, I guess the elephant in the room would be Arias and how well he's yeah, played. Of but you're, you're exactly right. Um, Soler, you know. Seems so much better than even with like when he was with the Braves, like this season, he has just added so much more to his offensive game. And, you know, he's just, like you said, been flying under the radar.
0: Yeah, an OPS plus at 135, one of the highest of his career. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to match the stats of his 2019 season, because he hit 48 home runs. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) He's been very good. He's been a huge part of the run production on this team, and I'm I'm so happy to see him succeeding.
1: Yeah, it is super super cool, and I'm sure especially for you, you know, being kind of an Atlanta hero, a little a little Atlanta hero.
0: Yeah, it is nice. It is nice to see him play well. Like he's getting paid fifteen million dollars to hit a baseball really fucking hard. <laughs> what what more could you want? Exactly. Um but yeah I I do want to talk a little more about Astros Rangers though because this is some of the best pitching uh, right now between these two teams. You've got Framber Valdez who people just have been ignoring for some reason. Uh he leads that team in ERA, wins and strikeouts. Wow. Yeah, 2.49 ERA, he's got 7 wins and he's got 110 strikeouts. He just came in in ESPN's uh, pitcher power rankings number two right behind Shane McClanahan and ahead of Zach Gallen.
1: that's pretty good company to be among
0: yeah but then on the other side in Texas yeah John Gray is pitching on Friday but uh, Dane Dunning has been fantastic he had I believe like an 8.2 innings pitched outing uh, just the other day he's got a 2.69 ERA Nathan Ivaldi has been fantastic, a career resurgence for him. Nine wins, two eight two ERA, 101 strikeouts. He leads that team in wins and strikeouts. I'm v i am i love watching both of these teams, and I'm certainly going to be tuning in this weekend.
1: For sure. Um Ivaldi's so sick, man. That's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, don't you wish he was good for the Yankees? He had some flashes.
1: I I wouldn't say he was all bad, but yeah, nothing like what he is now, though.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, and then, of course, we know exactly what comes with Diamondbacks Angels. Of course. You get Corbin Carroll and Ketel Marte, Christian Walker on the same field as Shohei Ohtani and Mike Trout. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Always. Always, always. But I think that's going to do it for the weekend preview. Let's get into just some light MLB conversation. Don't need to go, you know, too long on this. Uh we're just going to talk some, you know, we've reached this mid point. We talked about kind of our top 3 awards leaders uh at the midseason point yesterday or on uh, Wednesday's episode uh with Colin, but let's talk some most improved. Let's start with some teams that are the most improved over last year. Who's your first one?
1: Definitely the Reds. Um yep. it it's just it's so cool to see this team, this team taken over by such young and entertaining talent offensively. And, you know, their pitching could be better, but it's still not that bad. They're still able to get wins. Um, it's just insane to see them just well, decently above 500. And it's cool to see that stadium get packed out because, you know, there always has been a fan base there, just not really recently. Um, and they're just not not only most improved, but just one of the most entertaining right now. It's been great.
0: Yeah, last season by around this point, um, you know, we'll go by this exact date, they had lost to the Chicago Cubs eight to three, and they were twenty six and forty eight. Now yeah. they're forty eight and thirty eight. So looking kind of closer to that total how many games is that 48 or 43 and 38 that's uh, like what 81 games so exactly halfway through the season yep. um, 81 games for them last year that was sorry I gotta do math in my head this is oh, you're good. not going well July 6th they were 28 and 53 wow and they're already 43 and 38 this season. Like last year they ended the season at 62 and 100. And they might get 62 wins by the end of July.
1: They they definitely could. Yeah. there's one for you. Uh,
0: team that I had the Reds, of course. I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins. They've been right. so damn good. It, we just got done talking about them, but like last year, they were really bad. <laughs> yeah, last year, uh, this time last year, I already have the screen pulled up. They were uh, thirty-four and
1: forty. Um, yeah, or five and five in their last ten. So kind of just flatlining here. They were twelve games behind the Mets.
0: Yeah, they finished the season sixty-nine and ninety-three last year. Just, just brutal, man. Like, and, and they got a little bit hot there at the end of the year, but. It just seems like this year something happened, man. I, it, they didn't really pick up a bunch of players either. And like, their NL Cy Young isn't the best pitcher in this rotation right now. No, not at all. But, Yuri Perez, who they've brought up this year, is so fucking good. <laughs> so, very. it just seems like, obviously, the addition of Luis Arise has been a huge part of this team. But... Jorge Soler getting back on track. Um, you know, Jazz Chisholm hasn't quite had the season we were hoping for, but there's just guys on this team that are playing great baseball. Um you know, when you look at, you know, batting average wise, uh guys like Joey Wendell playing great. Um, he's got a 283. Brian De La Cruz, 282. A, a lot of players on this team just coming out there and doing their job.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I got, uh, two more teams actually. Uh, yeah. and more, more of the obvious ones. Uh, the Rangers were 36 and 38 a year ago today. Wow. They are, I mean, lighting it up and they don't even need Jacob deGrom. I wish they had Jacob deGrom, but they don't even need Jacob deGrom. And it's, uh, and they just look so fucking good. And then the Orioles, the Orioles were 21 games back this time last year, obviously, because the Yankees went on that total fluke. uh ridiculous start to last season. Uh, the Orioles were 35 and 42 out there, you know, in second place and ahead of the Yankees. So uh, the Rangers and uh, the Rangers and the Orioles, Grayson, have just been phenomenal this year compared to last season.
0: Yeah, but talk about the Diamondbacks, 35 yeah, and 42 a year ago like that is such a crazy turnaround to now be 48 and 33 yeah and riding off the back of you know the likely NL rookie of the year and possibly the NL Cy Young who really had a down year last year like this is a team that Yes, people started to realize it right before the season started that this team was going to be good i I was certainly one of them that was riding with them and but when you looked at last year this <laughs> it shouldn't have been this way like this team hasn't changed all that much over this last year. They ended last season seventy four and eighty eight and now you know they're on pace to win you know close to a hundred games.
1: It it's incredible
0: and, and like you said just off of the
1: back of just a lot of like unlikely people you know um with with NL rookie of the year Corbin Carroll who <clears throat> it, it's just been phenomenal and then like you said Zach Gallon, who had the off season last season now he's just you know back in the best he ever really has ever been in his entire career so yeah th- this season man I I was happy when you put the most improved uh players and teams uh the prep sheet for this one because like there's really a lot of content here there there has been a lot of things that have changed this season uh compared to last season you know of course like with the rules and everything but like even just games it's just been insane
0: yeah and i've got uh i've got are you through your teams
1: yeah i have a couple players
0: yeah i've got four players here uh but i'm gonna go ahead and get it started orioles starting pitcher tyler wells holy shit has he been good and the the telling stat here last season he had a 1.14 whip this season he's got a 0.89 whip damn and it's only his third season in the MLB he leads the entire league in whip with that 0.85 or 0.89 he's got a 3.21 ERA last season he had a 4.25 the guy has been so, so, so good. He's almost matched his innings pitched last season and he started 23 games last year. He's only started 15 this season and he's about two outings away from tying his innings pitched. He's, yes, he's given up the home run a little bit more. He had 19 home runs, but he's reduced the walks, he has upped the strikeouts significantly. I was going to say way more yeah, strikeouts. Yeah, way more strikeouts. ERA plus at 130. Um, And, you know, what's crazy is he's up the strikeouts, but he's still a little bit of a ground ball pitcher. He's, you know, a FIP at 4.57. He's allowing his defense to do some work for him, but he's also getting it done himself.
1: Yeah, no, that that was a good one there. Uh, I'm. I hope I'm not taking one of yours, but I just had to talk about this guy, Orlando Arcia.
0: Fantastic! Wow, I, I left him off, but um, yeah, Uh-oh. fantastic.
1: I mean, I I don't really have you know um, much of the stats like you do, but I think the biggest one for me, OPS from uh like a 7.33, I think is what it was last season, all the way up to an 8.30 this season. It's he's just been absolutely incredible, and like. All the walk off hits like that he was doing like a couple months ago. And it's just, I think filling in Dansby's shoes is kind of an understatement here. Uh, Orlando RC has been exactly what the Braves need him to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. Uh, my next guy, it's kind of hard to pick one player from this Rays team, but Luke Rayleigh <laughs> is having a great year. In 2022, he had a slugging of 279 and an OPS of 584. In 2023, he has a slugging of five fifty five and an OPS of 901. Ow. Yeah, and I believe last year was his first season in the league. Or no, his second year in the league. Uh, first season with Tampa, and he really didn't get much playing time. Only played in 22 games last year. But the difference in OPS is crazy. Like his OPS plus last year was a 73 with the MLB average being 100. This season, his OPS plus is a one forty nine.
1: He also has eight stolen bases this year. He's yeah. never had a stolen base until this season. Yeah, <laughs> not not too sure where that's come from.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, and he's got twelve bombs this year. In his first two seasons, he only had three. Damn. So, yeah. Shout out Luke Rayleigh. He's been fantastic. Um, my next
1: guy. Uh, dang it, it really hurts to talk about this guy, but it, I, you you just got to celebrate him. That, that's really what it comes down to. Our role is Chapman. 2022 with the Yankees, he finished with a 4.46 ERA, and he was losing velocity on that signature lefty fastball. In 2023, he has a 2.54 ERA. Fastball looks as sharp as it ever has, Really? But, Grayson, too bad he plays on the Royals, so everything that I just mentioned is for nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point.
1: But, uh, wow, just like seeing I, – I follow a lot of pitcher accounts, you know, where it shows, like, nasty pitches and shit. He's been on a lot of them, and it, it's just crazy to see, you know, what he's doing in 2023. I thought he was finished, dude. I really did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of having, like, a small resurgence, I'd say. Yeah. Because it's not for anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not at all.
0: (laughs) But he's doing a good job. Um, Let's talk about this guy who just appears to have been kind of a a late bloomer now. Because he started off as a bust. That That was the story for Mickey Moniak. Former number one overall pick by the Philadelphia Phillies in 2016. And just never really got it going. He spent... You know, two and a half years in Philly, just really never had it. And then now, you know, gets traded in 2022 to Los Angeles and played pretty bad, honestly. But 2023 has been a whole nother monster. And he hasn't played all that many games because he's been kind of platooning um in the outfield. But last or sorry, in his first three seasons in the MLB. He accumulated six barrels, which I think we've gone over this. Barrels, uh, particular launch angle, and exit velocity on a hit. And just this season, he already has 11. Ow. And though he isn't playing every day, his OPS has gone from a 5.09 last year to a 9.93 this season.
1: Dang, why is he not playing every day?
0: (laughs) Uh, It's kind of a matchup thing. Um Apparently, he is not too good against uh, lefty pitching.
1: Wow. Is he a lefty batter? Yeah. Yeah, it happens.
0: Yeah. But when he's in against the righties, he is killing it. And, you know, just looking at, like, you know, his batting ratios, yes, he's striking out quite a bit, 30.8%. But Young kind of just trying to hit hard right now, it's going to happen. He needs to walk more. needs to strike out less. That's the story for everybody. But when you're looking at hard hit percentage, 36.2%, that is amazing. That means that 36.2% of the balls that he hits in play have an exit velocity of 95% or more. Wow. Or sorry, 95 miles per hour or more. He's hitting 40.6% fly balls. So he's getting the launch angle up. Ground ball to fly ball ratio. Only a point three ground balls for every fly ball he hits, and he's spreading out the hits pretty well between center and um, and left field or sorry right field. He's pulling the ball thirty seven point seven percent of the time. He's hitting it up center fifty point seven percent of the time. That's absolutely phenomenal. And then he's hitting it oppo eleven point six, but you know that happens. So overall. The guy has been fantastic. This is his first season outside outside of 2021 where he has a positive winning winning probability added for his team, and in prior years, he had a negative 1.1 1. 1 last year. In 2021, he had a negative 0. 0.2, and in his rookie year, a 0. 0.1. This season, already at a 0. 0.9, which is big for a guy who hasn't played that many games.
1: Wow like it
0: so yeah mickey maniac, get him in the game <laughs> that's yeah
1: teach him how to bat against lefty pitchers yeah um that aroldis and arcia were my only two people i mean i i thought about throwing in matt chapman
0: Yeah, he because, slowed down I mean,
1: though he, yeah but he, he has slowed down but i mean all of his stats are almost better than what they were last season though
0: yeah it's true I I, I'm realizing this now. I unintentionally went all very young players, (laughs) but I'll finish it out with Marlins relief pitcher, Andrew Nardi. This kid had quite the step up. So last season was his rookie year pitched in 13 games. Um, Like really just came like half of his games. He just came in and like when they were either getting blown out or winning by a ton and just like finished the game. But he had a 9.82 ERA last year in 13 games. It's terrible. Yes, awful. And that was in 34.2... Or, sorry. um, What? Yes. So, that was in 14.2 innings pitched. He had a 9.82 ERA. This season, in 34.2 innings pitched, so more than double, he has a 2.6 ERA. And... He's walked four less batters this season in 24 more appearances. Wow. Yeah, the kid has been phenomenal. He's got 45 strikeouts, and he's only walked 10 batters. Yeah, he's given up six home runs, which isn't great, but a whip at 1.038 is pretty damn good for a relief pitcher, Um, and uh, strikeouts per walk, 4.5 is great.
1: Just wanted to add that the whip last season was a uh,
0: two point yeah. six six,
1: and it is all yeah. the way down to like one like one point zero four ish.
0: It's phenomenal. And it's been crazy this year. Yeah. So shout out Andrew Nardi getting that work in in the arm barn. <laughs> the arm barn. <laughs> that's awesome. But I think that's gonna do it for the MLB. We we gave you all the MLB you could have possibly asked for.
1: Yeah, that was that was a long time of MLB recap.
0: <laughs> well, we've wow. got quite a bit of NFL news, so let's get it started. let lock in. A super sad story to open this one oh, up. Yeah. Former Patriots, Texans, and Ravens quarterback, as well as former Arkansas uh, Razorback, Ryan Mallett, passed away at the age of 35 after a drowning incident uh, in one of the beaches around Destin, Florida. That is just, oh man, it is so sad.
1: Yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, what a great the college games. quarterback. Oh, my God. I don't really remember him much in college, but I know that he was like a decent second stringer for, you know, a couple of different teams that you mentioned there. Um, yeah, it's brutal. A um, dad actually, you know, who he's older. He keeps up with the news a little bit more than, you know, you and I. Um, there's been a lot of people that have uh, unfortunately passed away uh, due to, like, drownings and stuff, like in the Gulf area by Florida. Yeah. And um, yeah, he joins like a list of like 30 something people in like a month or something, just like wicked like that. And it's just super, super sad. Um, yeah. So, second and short, we give our condolences to the Mallet family because that's just, that's terrible.
0: Yeah. Truly a, a fantastic athlete, honestly. Uh, yes. Two time All SEC second team. Wow. Yeah, 7th in voting in 2010 Heisman. With the, with the Razorbacks, too. Yes, sir. Wow. But let's move on to this. This was just kind of scary news. Uh, Leonard Fournette tweeted out a picture of his car, uh, which caught fire the other day. Luckily, he got out and was okay. But I guess the car was just like, it was totaled, like, really bad. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but... Um, uh, like it's cra- like it looks like uh, like the the scene of a death. Like it's crazy.
1: Dang yeah, I'm looking at it now. That's insane.
0: Yeah, and he was just out fine.
1: I it just it. What I'm reading is it just like burst into flames while he was driving. Yeah, Dang, that's horrible.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a Dodge crazy. Durango. Yeah, it was a Hellcat.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad he's okay. That's that's Sick-ass very Sick ass
0: car. Gotta be honest, sick ass car. It,
1: it is. It is.
0: But yeah, that's very scary. Uh, hopefully, he gets picked up, man. I want to see him yeah, play.
1: Me more. too, dude. I actually uh, I drafted him in one of my fantasy
0: leagues. Really?
1: I, I had to. It it was Holy that league. one uh, that one fantasy league that I
0: told you about. Where oh it's yeah, like
1: you, you keep your players and everything. Yeah, and
0: dynasty league.
1: Yeah. By the time. <laughs> I mean, by the time like some running backs would get to me, I, I have two free agents on my team, actually, now that I think about it. Two free agent running backs.
0: Is it Dalvin? It's
1: not, no, I didn't end up with the good uh, one. Uh, I, think it's, I, think it's,
0: I think it's Zeke and
1: oh. Leonard Fournette. That's who I have, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I'm, well that's going to work for you.
1: <laughs> I'm just hoping that um, Zeke can be a freaking goal line merchant like, uh, oh my God, what was Jamal his Jamal Williams. Uh, yeah, Jamal Williams was last year. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> all right. This isn't exactly crime, but it is breaking the rules. Uh, a handful of NFL players uh, are receiving season-long suspensions this week for allegedly gambling. Uh, when I made this prep sheet, I only had one name. Now I've got three. Uh, so Isaiah Rodgers of the Colts, Rashad Barry of the Colts, and free agent Demetrius Taylor all receive – uh, indefinite suspensions, but it appears that's season long uh for allegedly gambling and then uh, Titans offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Frere uh is being suspended for six games.
1: Uh for gambling?
0: Yeah.
1: So what did what did the tackle do that wasn't as bad as
0: uh he was gambling on other sports um but on like in team facilities.
1: Oh, okay. So probably like the the least worst. Essentially a completely
0: harmless thing to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say. Wow.
0: Yeah, I I think that's absurd.
1: Yeah, that is pretty absurd. I I hate this betting shit, man. (laughs) It's just, it's like, it's not that I hate the betting, it's I hate like, hate shit like this. Like he shouldn't even be suspended for a game.
0: Travis Kelsey estimates that up to 80% of NFL players use cannabis. That's how the headline is. I would never call it cannabis. <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're I'm not a loser, kids, I guess. I'm not a loser. <laughs>
1: um, you know, I I saw this when it came out and I think I think he said something like 50 to 80%, but Travis Kelsey is a very popular player that I'm sure talks to a lot of other players in the league. So I, I would say that this, this actually could be accurate.
0: Yeah. And like, he's not the first player to say stuff like this. No, we know, we know Le'Veon Bell was smoking before games.
1: Oh, a- yeah. And
0: we know that Chris Long was smoking during the NFL season. Like there's plenty of guys that are smoking weed, but
1: Cannabis,
0: yeah, <laughs> cannabis. Sorry, uh, ganja,
1: <laughs> <laughs> ganja, if you will. That Mary Jane.
0: Yeah, if but you feel inclined. We are very well aware that there's tons of NFL players that are smoking weed, but are they gonna get in trouble anymore? Like, is that still a thing?
1: Uh, I think it is, but I don't know. It, it seems like the media likes to go after the betters now. So the, the weed smokers and the potheads can lay low.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. I mean, yeah. if, if people are getting in trouble, it's it's for betting these days.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we all know that Travis Kelsey uh, was smoking weed when he was a Cincinnati. so Oh, 100%. Yeah. Literally like...
1: proven 100%, actually, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah,
0: by his brother and himself. <laughs>
1: Dang, it'd be, it'd be your own blood sometimes. Yeah.
0: And I don't even know if it was just weed, because oh. I know he was a party animal.
1: You the- want to talk about someone that probably, you know, weed was just not enough for them? Gronkowski. Oh,
0: oh yeah, dude. Gronk had to be skiing down slopes of cocaine.
1: <laughs> Life of the party at Arizona State, or wherever <laughs> he came from. Was it just Arizona?
0: Um, I think it was... I think it was just Arizona. I could be wrong.
1: I'm gonna look it up real fast.
0: Yeah, look it up. But yeah, Travis Kelsey. I feel like he's a booger sugar gentleman. <laughs> like he's casual about it though. Go he to the bath. About- go to the bathroom. Hit a bump. Go back out. Noth- <laughs> nothing crazy. Not a big production.
1: Nothing just big at all.
0: Needed to get him going.
1: It was uh, it was regular Arizona. So not okay. state, but regular Arizona. Still, still a party
0: school. <laughs> Still a party school. Uh, But let's continue here, um, getting into some of the news that we're going to cover on Wednesday. The New York Jets may be involuntarily chosen to do hard knocks this offseason.
1: Oh, yeah. I I heard about that. Um, They were talking about it on first take or something, like if the Jets would, you know, want to actually do it or not.
0: I don't think they do, but the NFL is allowed to just choose a team uh, if nobody says they want to do it.
1: Well, I mean, they're you know a pretty good team to do it on this season. They've had a huge off season, so like I, I'm sure there's a lot of entertaining stuff you know going on yeah, over there. But
0: I'm sure the biggest pushback is Aaron Rodgers. You think so? I would assume he does not want to be on camera all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can kind of see that about him and his personality, but.
0: I do agree. The Jets would be very entertaining. Probably the most entertaining.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you.
0: Um, Jason Kelsey said, I believe on his podcast, that Jalen Hurts still beats himself up over this Super Bowl loss. Um, Jason said, I've spoken to him about it. He still beats himself up over this play, that play. I'm like, dude, you had the best performance ever by a quarterback in the history of a Super Bowl. You did just fine.
1: Do you? He, he he was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Do you think that Jalen Hurts should be taking this loss hard? Um. Yeah, I do.
1: I do think he should. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It has nothing to do with uh, his game, though, because Jason Kelsey. I mean, he's he's one hundred percent right. Uh, Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. I don't know about best performance by a quarterback in the history of a Super Bowl. I mean, Joe Montana was electric in the Super Bowl, so we I'd have to look at that closer, but like, I mean, if, you know, you're the leader of the team, you're, you're still the quarterback, and, and like I just said, the vocal leader, I, I would hope that you would take every loss like that. Um, yeah. But, that, that's just me. Uh, that's just how I see it.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's not like he can just forget it. That's the worst thing he could do. And, yeah, I think, you know, with how good this team is and the fact that they'll probably get, you know, somewhere close to that again, um, you got to be internalizing what happened in that game.
1: Of course. I mean, it's all just more motivation for him. I mean, uh, imagine what a hungry Jalen Hurts could look like next season. I'm not a Philly fan, but the ceiling is the limit. I mean, you know, after that Super Bowl, I think you and I kind of agreed that they they both kind of deserve to win that game. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, I hope he still beats himself up over it. Cause that's, I mean, that's where all the fire is going to come from.
0: Exactly. Um, the next thing though, I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened yet. Mercedes Lewis is waiting on the call for his 18th NFL season In his own words. If you just look at my film from the last three years, there's no decline in what I'm able to do. Like this, I like it. this guy continues to be one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's a he's a relic. I, I really don't know why, if they couldn't get him for cheap, why you wouldn't want him on your roster.
0: Yeah, like I'm sure he'd take the veteran minimum. I
1: wonder what that is. Uh, I the don't know
0: off the top of my head.
1: Let me. I'm trying to find out how old Mercedes Lewis is. Does it say? You have it? Uh, no,
0: I don't have it here. Uh, uh, he is but- thirty nine. Yeah, the var the, uh, the let's see. I believe the minimum is nine hundred thousand.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's I mean for Mercedes Lewis. Heck yeah.
0: Actually wait. Because he's played over ten seasons, the minimum is one point one million. Okay. So still not that much for a fantastic blocking tight end.
1: Yeah, and uh he actually won't even be forty. Um, and, and, uh, during the NFL season, this season, he, uh, his birthday's in May. So yeah, you, you can still get one, one more season before you hit the, uh, the big four <laughs> zero.
0: Yeah. I love Mercedes Lewis. I think I remember he was so damn good in Jacksonville. Oh yeah. He had some great, great years. I think he had like a three touchdown game in Jacksonville, really? um, uh, Yeah, I don't know why I remember that, but I think it was like a fantasy football thing that I remember it because of. But um, reportedly, DeAndre Hopkins, who's also a free agent, is trying to get some more teams interested after visits with the Titans and Patriots.
1: I I wonder if that means that those visits didn't go that great for him.
0: I don't know. I I think, I I don't know if it went bad or or on which side did it go bad. Did DeAndre Hopkins not like it? Or I think that's probably the more likely possibility than, you know, the two teams being like, yeah, we don't, we're not, you know, we're not getting
1: you. Yeah, I mean, it it is DeAndre Hopkins after a while. uh, Yeah. After all. So, I mean.
0: (laughs) And, like, Uh, I, I can imagine both of these teams him not liking.
1: Yeah. I, I do too. And I, maybe it has something to do with, uh, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but yesterday, Devonte Parker, uh, agreed to a new three-year yeah. deal with, uh, New England. That was worth pretty like, pretty much like $11 million a year, which is, I, I think a lot of damn money for Devonte Parker. Yeah. It's even, pretty you steep. Know, With his history, but I don't know. Maybe that played in D hop's, uh, decision-making a little bit.
0: Could be. Uh, another guy who is technically franchise tagged but hasn't signed his franchise tag, Josh Jacobs, could hold out of training camp and possibly into Week One amid his contract negotiations. That's um,
1: not what uh, not what the Raiders need at all.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Like Especially they, after his season last season, what they need is to fucking pay this guy. Yeah, like, uh, you you have right. no you have no grounds to stand on to not pay this guy a lot of money.
1: Yeah. All, all the grounds that you had to stand on were ripped out from under you last season. Yeah. I mean, he uh, was brilliant. You know, we always talk about, you know, the contract seasons, you know, what that can bring out of an athlete that's already hungry. Josh Jacobs showed it and he definitely just des- uh, showed why he deserves to be paid. So I, <laughs> I, I obviously like, I always hate it when players hold out. But in some cases, especially this one, I 100% get it.
0: Yeah, but you just have have PTSD from Le'Veon.
1: Well, you didn't have to say that, but that's exactly why. (laughs) All
0: right, we got some Bill Belichick quotes from this past week, um, and you know that always goes well. I love this. Bill Belichick said, I feel like I coached the best player in football in Tom Brady the best defensive player in football in Lawrence Taylor, and the best special teams player in football in Matthew Slater. What do you think?
1: I think defense and special teams is debatable.
0: Okay. Yeah, obviously Todd Brady's the best. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. LT's definitely got a claim to the throne.
1: 100%. uh I'm not saying that he's not a good shell. I just don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call LT the best defensive player in football.
0: Okay. And then on special teams, this one's tough because it's hard to say, like, what makes a good <laughs> special teams player. But well, undoubtedly, Matt, Slater was, Matt Slater was great.
1: Yeah, yeah, Matt, he was very, very solid. But, I mean, you know, the obvious answer would be Devin Hester, right?
0: Yeah, Devin Hester, even Cordero Patterson.
1: Even Cordero Patterson, who he he did coach.
0: Yes, he did. I don't but, think yeah, he Matthew ever had Devin Hester ball. though.
1: No, uh, Devin Hester. Let's. What, what was he? Cubs, Falcons, and then was that you it? Just <laughs> Cubs and the cu- Falcons. You said the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs, the Bears. I always do that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's the ones I can remember. Bears, Falcons. He yeah, he might have ended up Cubs. on some others, but dude, Devin Hester. Right. Speaking of. So fucking crazy to watch his highlights. <laughs> oh my Especially god. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. First play of
1: the Super Bowl, man. My god.
0: Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, he um he actually played in Baltimore in 2016.
1: I don't remember that.
0: His final season.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: In Seattle, but didn't do anything there.
1: Also, don't remember that.
0: Yeah, Baltimore and Seattle in 2016. Who would have thought? Played zero games oh. in Seattle. <laughs> That's wild. But yeah, Devin Hester. Yeah. Shout out. That was one of the greatest um, in special teams. But I, I think I could agree with Matt Slater. I'm not going to argue. Like, you could say Devin Hester. You could say Cordero Patterson. There's probably other guys. You could also say, I think I'd take Matt Slater. He's got a good, good amount of, you know, merit there. But yeah, I think yeah. defensive play, like, defensive player is so hard because, like, Comparing a linebacker to a cornerback or a defensive tackle to a safety, like that's just so impossible.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I'm actually going to throw in another special teams player out there that I just thought of, Jacoby Jones.
0: Yeah, very good.
1: Baltimore. Yeah, he, uh, he, he fucked up the Steelers a couple times in special teams. I, I will never forget him.
0: Yeah, Jacoby Jones was great. Um. All right, next thing from Bill.
1: Oh, more from Bill.
0: Yes, Bill. Belichick won the Super Bowl in year two with the Patriots, but he says that that team was fortunate to win and that he hadn't really built the team he wanted in New England until his second Super Bowl in year four.
1: Is he talking about the Super Bowl that they beat Carolina in? What what team was fortunate to win, in his opinion?
0: It would be his, his first Super Bowl-winning team with the Patriots.
1: All right. Let, let's. I think it's the one against Carolina or Philly. It's either Carolina or Philly. Um, eight-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, whatever. Bill Belichick. I think his uh, first was the Raiders. Really? Oh, that's that's another team in the AFC. That was the that was the championship oh, game. Yeah. Uh, nope, not that one. Hang on, I haven't found when he's a head coach yet. Here we go. It was the
0: Rams. Rams. Yep, yeah, I found it as well
1: so he's built the beat the rams twice. Yeah. Interesting. George H.W. Bush was the coin toss with Roger Staubach in that game in 2002. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting.
0: But I think, you know, that first team that played in that Super Bowl was very very good. You know, can't can't deny that. That Rams team I feel like was better. Yeah. Yeah, in a lot
1: of ways, that that would have been like the Ty Law days and shit. Dude,
0: there was there was five Hall of Famers on that Rams team.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Marshall Falk
0: was. Yeah, Marshall Falk, yeah. Isaac Bruce, Orlando Pace, Kurt Warner, and uh, Aeneas Williams.
1: And Kurt, Kurt Warner. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
0: But um, yeah, that's these were two very good teams. I will say.
1: Yeah. But it, it it really doesn't even matter who Bill Belichick you know plays against. Honestly, it's yeah. I
0: just, I will just say just, New man. England's New England's offense was pretty shit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, they were a defense team back in the day. Definitely. Like
0: that defense was fire, though. Richard Seymour, yeah, it was. Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Law. Ooh. Solid. <laughs> Those are some players to help you win a Super Bowl there. What a name on this free safety, though. Tabucky Jones? That's fucking sick. Alongside Ty Law? Yeah. Free safety, Tabucky Jones, and strong safety, Lawyer Malloy. Wow. What a duo. (laughs) Holy shit. That's pretty funny. All right. Next one. One more, Bill. Let's go. Spoke about the investment that the Patriots made in making Matthew Judon their highest-paid player. Said, I think he'd help any team. And he is goddamn right. Because Matthew Judon is got to be one of the best defensive players in the league.
1: Yeah. Um. Shout out to my friend Gavin, who is a Patriots fan. I mean, fuck the Patriots, but I, I do love you, Gavin. I when, when Matthew Judon first got signed to the Patriots, I knew... I knew something was brewing because I I remember this guy being in Baltimore playing against the Steelers, but I had no idea he was going to be as good as he is now. Matthew Judon, I I think he might be top three most underrated players in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, easily. He he is
1: sick. The red sleeves, man, they're they're dangerous out there.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. I love the red sleeves so much. We've talked about this before, but (laughs) fantastic. Um, Melvin Gordon believes that the running back market started going downhill after the Todd Gurley deal
1: so what does he what does he mean exactly by the running back market started going downhill? like what other deals have not been that great
0: so so Todd Gurley's contract um that he speaks of was the four year extension I believe uh that he got back in twenty eighteen for sixty million. So, uh, fifteen million a year for arguably probably the best running back in the league at that time. Yeah. And that's not that much. No. At all. Even for twenty eighteen, that's not that much. Would it have
1: been the most for twenty eighteen though?
0: I believe he was the highest paid running back in the league. Okay. Um. Because I think he surpassed uh, Devontae Freeman. Oh, wow. Which is a really bad contract. Oh, that was a <laughs> yeah, regrettable I was contract. Uh, <laughs> but I, I kind of agree. These short term, kind of low money deals for running backs is a relatively new thing. Yeah. And obviously, it's a reflection of how little the running back is valued in the NFL at this point, because it's a quarterback league. No, 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 ifs, ands, or buts. Yep. It is a quarterback league, and I, I agree with Melvin Gordon. Though he sucks, so I don't think this market's affecting him. <laughs> Either no. way, he probably shouldn't be on. You know, shouldn't be a, a even a top two on a roster. But I agree. I think. That's why we're seeing so many running backs holding out or, or getting cut, like things like that. Where, like, like right now we have Saquon and Josh Jacobs waiting on a contract. Dalvin Cook and Zeke both got cut.
1: Eckler was completely yeah. fucked up for a while
0: there. Eckler had contract issues. Like so many examples of top running backs in the league, and yes, I did say Ezekiel Elliott in the same sentence as top running backs in the league. Kind of a mistake on my part. <laughs> but, um, like, these guys deserve to get paid. Not, you know, not as much as a quarterback, but m- maybe more than some wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. It- it's just weird for running backs because, you know, we've talked about it a lot before, but, like, they they deserve their money. You know, they can catch, block, run. I mean, running backs are, you know, they're asked a lot of in some offenses, but you can't, you know, you can't trust signing them for a long time, for, for a long time anymore. You know, well, you never really could, but like, yeah, it's just this weird area of where they deserve their money, but they don't really deserve their years. So you end up giving them a fuck ton of money for just like three years. Yeah, and I, I don't know, it's kind of strange.
0: Yeah, I I think that he's kind of right with that Todd Gurley deal being the downhill, uh, but I think. Adrian Peterson probably started it. He signed a 7-year yeah. deal for 96 million in 2011 and since 2016 he's just been hopping around. Yeah. And then like Zeke got 6 years, 90 million. And now he isn't really a starting level running back. Alvin Kamara, 5 years, 75 million hasn't really worked out, you know, now. Now that we're seeing it, he's been pretty bad this year or this past year. Christian McCaffrey certainly worked. Carolina's four years, sixty-four million worked for him. Yep. Other than the fact that he left, um, but David Cook's contract didn't work out. Five years, twenty or sixty-three million. They cut him after three. Todd Gurley obviously didn't work out. We just talked about it. Le'Veon Bell, four years, fifty-two point five million with the Jets. Didn't work out. Derrick Henry, four years, fifty million is so under fucking paid. It's crazy. Yeah, big time. But because, because they have
1: no one else to pay on contracts like Devonte
0: Freeman, who signed a five-year, forty-one point two five million dollar deal after that Super Bowl, got released three years later. David Johnson, three years, thirty-nine million, got traded to the Texans. Hasn't been the same. running backs just are not getting the money that they really deserve because yes, like I said, it's a quarterback league running backs do quite a lot of fucking work for these offenses to succeed.
1: Yes, a hundred percent.
0: And I just, I agree with Melvin Gordon saying that the running back market is going downhill and that they should be paid more, but I feel like, people still think that the running back should be like just after the quarterback in pay. And I don't think that's the case.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that either. Um, It's just a, it's, it's a weird spot for how durable they are and how much money they deserve.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a tough thing to kind of put your finger on. Uh, But let's move on. Uh, The NFL finance committee met remotely last week. Uh And it looks like they will recommend the approval of Josh Harris's six point oh five billion dollar bid for the commanders um looks like they might ratify this late July.
1: awesome,
0: yeah, can't wait fuck Dan Snyder
1: yeah probably probably could have um bought the commanders for a lot less in my opinion, but at the same time, we also. I haven't seen a sports team get bought in in a little while, I feel like, of this nature. So no, Broncos got bought
0: last year. How much were they? Uh probably pretty close. It has to be.
1: I I bet it's less.
0: I'm looking it up right now. All right. Uh 4.65 billion. Wow. So yeah, I, they they did overpay
1: because probably the Snyder's made them overpay.
0: <laughs> yeah. 6. That's fair.
1: I I can't believe 6 billion dollars for this franchise.
0: Yeah, it's not oh historic like they're not like a historically storied franchise. Like yeah, they've won uh like two the Super, Super Bowls? Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the last one was like in the 80s, 90s.
1: And just to like you know, what What the team has been since, like, the early 2000s, it's, it's a complete joke, really.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I can't believe they sold for this much. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Travis Kelsey, again, uh, he addressed uh, Jamar Chase, saying that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, Travis said, I thought it was a little bold. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter? Shout out to Jamar Chase for holding it down for his QB. But don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your shit, talk your shit, pimp. Just better back it up. Has wow. anybody in the last 10 years ended a sentence with pimp?
1: <laughs> I, I, I know.
0: <laughs> That's just <laughs> absurd.
1: Wow. Those are fighting words. I guess. <laughs> I I love it though. I mean, I, the, the chiefs and Bengals that that's going to be a very good game for years to come. Oh yeah. I I think. Oh yeah. I mean, it already has been. And I, I love the trash talk here though. It's nice to see.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, this next one is an interesting topic. James cook feels that he's obviously the running back one for the bills entering 2023 Uh, Well, Buffalo also has Latavius Murray, Naheem Hines, Damian Harris, and Jordan Mims (laughs) on its roster.
1: So James Cook has no idea who the fuck Damian Harris is. I guess. Because Damian Harris, you know, you want to talk about Judon being underrated? Let's talk about Damian Harris for a second. That dude's fucking good. That dude is super good. And if he didn't have Ramondre Stevenson, you know, biting at the ankles for chances too, because Ramondre is also pretty good. Damian Harris would have much better numbers than he already does. That yeah. is your running back one right there.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know going into the season, it's going to be Damian Harris. I think James Cook will get a significant amount of looks. Uh, but I, I think there's a little more to be done with James Cook for him to be Great. a running back one.
1: James Cook definitely deserves playing time. I, I don't want to see him you know, fall into the shadows, but he is not obviously running back one.
0: Yeah, Uh, And then his brother Free agent running back Dalvin Cook uh, Got interviewed on SiriusXM the other day And said that he would be a perfect fit for the Dolphins Mentions that Miami was the team that he was speaking with And now, just I think yesterday or the day before We heard that the Dolphins have made an offer for Dalvin Cook
1: Interesting
0: yeah, I, I think that's the spot for him.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I would like to keep my star running back away from the influencers of Miami. I would like for him to focus on football. Uh, so, obviously that's a joke. No, I, I think it's a great fit. But, damn, with, with Tua, Lytle, and Tyreek Hill?
0: Be going deadly, be crazy. Deadly offense.
1: Yes. I'm not yeah. going to let him leave his apartment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's I'm not letting ride. him hang out with Tyreek Hill at the marina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, before before we move on to um, what other people would call football, J.J. Uh, Watt is joining CBS as an analyst. I think this is fantastic.
1: Let's go. I, I, yep. I feel like there is a transition in – the sense of like you have a lot more entertaining athletes that are joining like broadcast uh broadcasting, can't talk, uh crews and such, and I really, really like that.
0: Yeah, and do we know like is he gonna be like in the booth or is he just gonna be on like the panel for like pregame uh, halftime stuff?
1: That's a good question. J Watt, C B S. Let's see. Because I, I don't
0: know how good he'd be in the booth, honestly. But I think his entertainment value would be great on like a panel for CBS.
1: That's actually exactly what he's doing. Okay. Um good. he is an NFL analyst, or he'll be joining CBS as an NFL analyst, and he will appear on the NFL Today show.
0: Good. So it's good. A, he'll be on a
1: pregame show, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like that.
1: I like that too. I think that's a that's like a perfect start for him. Who knows? Maybe he could, you know, call some games or two, but
0: I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like who are all the guys on that that pregame like the NFL uh, today. Coach Cower, Nate Burleson. Yes. Um
1: yeah. there's a Esiason. lot of NFL yeah. yeah, Boomer Esiason. Uh I love Coach Cower. Yeah, Who are the great. other guys? Is, there, is it Jimmy uh, Johnson too? He's one. No,
0: he's on uh Fox.
1: Oh Fox, yeah. yeah uh, and all that.
0: James Brown, I believe. Is one of the guys on there?
1: Yep. James Brown. Uh Phil Sims. That was the big one that I couldn't think of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: But yeah, I, I think we're gonna have a nice a nice panel for NFL today this coming year. Uh but let's go across the pond for now and then we'll come back. Uh but let's talk some confirmed signings. Yes. Started out Declan Rice to Arsenal for a hundred and thirty three million US dollars.
1: We we need to have a serious conversation about this one, Grayson. Yeah. Because how did Arsenal outbid Manchester City? And why did. And I know Manchester City, they don't really need this kind of like, you know, CDM spot. But why would you let Arsenal outbid you here?
0: Because Man City's I, confident in their team.
1: Yeah, but like. It, but even in like the sense of don't let the other guys have him. I mean that that was you know that was the second place team at the True. end of the season. And I I expected Manchester City to you know really fork out more money for this guy, and I did not think they were going to lose to Arsenal. But here we are.
0: I think what this is is that, and we'll talk about this signing later. But Mateo Kovačić to Man City, I think he is the direct okay Gundogan replacement. Really. Yeah, I think that's just kind of how it looks, at least. And I think that that works. You know, Declan Rice, yeah, he, you know, can be helpful in the attack, but he's a holding midfielder. You have Rodri already. You obviously like having John Stones in the midfield because you played him there quite a bit. Yes. And with how good the defense has been, I wouldn't put John Stones back, you know, trying to fight for a role there. So yeah, why would you hash out you know a hundred million pounds or whatever, for Declan Rice when you've already kind of got it set up for yourself?
1: I mean, very true, but I mean, Declan Rice would have been fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, robbery. of course, um, but you know, better, any, better everybody everybody could have picked up someone like, well yeah, at any team at any point could have just been like, well, he'd be really good for our team. We could spend a hundred million whatevers on him. Yep. But they don't because maybe they don't need him. Maybe they're already putting enough money into other guys. Maybe they really like what they already have. Like, that's gonna be the case often. You know, not every team can be linked to every player, and I think that, I think that that's why Arsenal probably won this one, is that they were willing to fork out the money they were willing to meet what west ham wanted and i think that man city probably a combination of they weren't really sold on the the price tag that west ham put on him and considering that you know they already had guys there
1: yeah i uh, know i i agree i just um and what a signing what a war it was yeah. to you know like the the outbidding and then bidding each other man it was entertaining
0: <laughs> well, he just, he just kept getting linked with teams. Like, it started off, I, I feel like it started off with, like, Manu, of course. Um, and then we also got Arsenal and then Man City, and also, like, Bayern was in on it. But then it kind of narrowed down to Man City and Arsenal, and now Arsenal takes it. I think it was a great, uh, pretty solid bidding war.
1: Yeah, and and I I just want to jump into the next guy because it's another Arsenal one. Kai Havertz to Arsenal for $82 million. So, now it's very clear as to what Arsenal wanted to do this season. You know, they brought in uh, two center mids, basically, just big-time center mids, too. I I actually don't think Kai Havertz starts on this team. Really? I do. I I, I really don't think he will.
0: I don't know. I think a midfield of... Odegaard and Havertz playing like Cam and then Declan Rice playing kind of like CM, CDM works.
1: It definitely sounds good. I I just don't know with what I've seen uh, from Havertz at Chelsea. I I just don't know if that's really going to happen. Of course, you know, he wasn't playing center mid at Chelsea really, which is more of his um, spot. But I think Kai Havertz is, I I think he might be kind of finished. I'm not going to lie.
0: I don't think so. I think that the morale at Chelsea was finished, and that fucked him over.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's a good point, too. But I, I don't think... Um, I don't think... I think Chelsea may have kind of ended his career. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever be the same. But who knows?
0: All right. Uh, Next one, Mason Mount. To Manchester United. Uh, it's been agreed upon at $75 million U.S. dollars. What do you think?
1: This this is another guy. I just I I don't know, and and you I, might be right. The morale at Chelsea was bad, and now you know a lot of really good young players are out of that you know situation. So who knows what could happen? But Mason Mount, I kind of put him with the same opinion set or opinion that I just did Havertz. I just don't really know.
0: Okay, so I I do share this opinion with Mason Mount because I don't really see much of a spot here for him. Because you have one of the better can't, like attacking midfielders in the world with Bruno Fernandez, yep. so that obviously already knocks him out of being the best. And then, you know, I've heard you know yes, Jaden Sancho sometimes plays on the right, sometimes he plays in like the center. I've heard rumors of him getting loaned out, but I don't really know who I'd take uh, between those two, honestly, because Mason Mount has not been good.
1: Yeah, I I don't either.
0: Like, who yeah, else is in like, Man United's sure. midfield? Because uh, I believe Fred's on the move.
1: Um, and and Sabitzer I think is going to go back.
0: Yeah, I think he already Dude, has. But,
1: that that I think Sabitzer, that I think will hurt them a lot yeah. more than they think it will. He was brilliant.
0: I agree. Manchester United. Uh, but, trying to pull up who all they have in the midfield because I'm totally blanking on it right now. No one wants to listen to us, though. What the fuck?
1: Erickson, right?
0: Yeah. is not he Okay, yeah, Erickson.
1: I would take Erickson over Mount any single day.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, let's see. So, as of last year, Bruno Fernandez, Erickson, uh Casemiro, duh. Totally forgetting about him. Um, They have Donny Van Beek, I believe, staying. Uh, Scott McTominay, I think they did just send out Zidane Iqbal, but he's like a young player, so it's not that surprising. So yeah. I feel like the midfield spots are kind of spoken for because Erickson and Fernandez should be playing a majority of the time. Yeah, Erickson's going to need a break every now and then, and and Mount will come in. I think the only time we see Mason Mount in this lineup is probably in like Champions League games.
1: Yeah, for like your your middle of the yeah. week games where you need to rest people. Yeah, yeah. Champions no, League,
0: I, FA Cup, Carabao Cup.
1: Yeah, which who knows? I mean, that coming off of a pretty bad season, um, last season for Mason Mount, that's the perfect way to you know get back into form, though.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it single handedly got Fred, uh, you know, some value.
1: Yeah, it did. But um, I mean, do you think we'll see Mason Mount on the wing at all?
0: maybe we could but when you're talking on the wing like Marcus Rashford has you know left wing spoken for and then yeah. i feel like Anthony and Garnacho have a case um as well to hold those spots uh and then Sancho as well kind of between the wing and the um and the center you know if he does stay so I don't know. It's it's interesting.
1: I guess that's just the good thing about Mount is, is, although you know we don't think he's gonna start or you know really get that much playing time, but at least he can come on as a sub for pretty much any offensive position that's not striker. He can play cam, center, mid, and wing, and those are you know highly sub spots. Those are the guys that are doing the running. True. So I mean, I definitely think. We will see him. It's just whether or not he can work his way into that starting 11, I'm just a little bit still uncertain about it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, So let's talk about Mateo Kovacic to Man City. So what I said earlier, I'm going to kind of back it up here. I think Mateo Kovacic plays the attacking role very well. He plays just standing in the midfield very well. And I think it works as a good replacement for Ilke Gundahan. I don't think he is as good as Ilke Gundahan. But I think he fills that role well and at least allows them to, you know, get maybe some other players to or, you know, the other guys on this lineup to help him out. Yeah, I, I definitely like that
1: take. Um Kovacic and Gundawan are, are super similar style uh styles of play in yeah. midfield. I just like, if if I am Manchester City with that budget and with just coming off of a treble, I am replacing, I I, I wouldn't even go for Kovacic, first of all, although Kovacic is a good option. At, at best, Kovacic needs to be depth in this lineup. I, I seriously think that they should have splurged here. I really do.
0: Yeah, uh, like who? Who would be a good option? I
1: I don't know who, but it's you know you have all that money. They they haven't really been linked to anybody except for Declan Rice. Uh, I don't really think Manchester City have bought anybody. It's been a you know a lot of talks of players leaving. Um, like you know you have that budget and you have that draw coming off of the treble. I I just think that they they should have gone more all out for um for a midfielder. Maybe like one of the young guys from Barcelona. That would have been better.
0: I think it's going to be hard to draw some of those guys away, though.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, those are like academy kids and stuff, too, um, on top of the fact that they're, you know, young and good. But like, I, I don't know. I, I think Kovacic is underwhelming is probably the best way that I would Yeah,
0: I, I agree. Um, but, yeah, it. but like I said, like, you know, you couldn't really pull that many midfielders that fill that role well. And I think that's why Kovacic was the option. Yeah. Because, like, like you're, like, let's say they were interested in trying to get Pedri, you know, used him as an example. He's 20 years old. I got a feeling that that number would have been significantly more than what they would have paid for Declan Rice.
1: Yeah, it probably would have been a record-breaking fee, I think.
0: Yeah, And, and what's interesting is that we don't see a ton of record breaking fees coming into the premier league
1: no I, I mean enzo enzo was pretty high
0: yeah definitely but like what the the most expensive neymar to psg um now we have ones more recent like bellingham to real madrid um I'm totally uh, mbappe from monaco to psg the big spenders are in other parts of Europe. And if anything, a guy might come up and play very well in the Premier League and get bought out for a huge fee. But it doesn't seem like the big number is ever coming to the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I actually um, I have it here. So, Neymar, Barcelona to PSG. Mbappe, Monaco to PSG. jean Felix, Benfica to Atletico Madrid. Enzo Fernandez is fourth all-time, Benfica to Chelsea. Uh, Coutinho left Liverpool for Barcelona. He's fifth all-time. That's so crazy. I I know. Um, Griezmann, Atletico Madrid to Barcelona. He's tied for fifth all-time. Jack Grealish is seventh all-time, going to Manchester City. Romelu Lukaku is eighth all-time, entered to Chelsea in 21 two years ago. And then your last one in the top ten is uh Paul Pogba back in 2016 to United. So yeah, not a lot of Premier League transfers to your point.
0: Yeah, and I just I don't know, I feel like Man City has done a very good job of like getting some of these guys for cheap and making them very good.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of things that, you know, Pep Guardiola can give you with that, you know, eye for talent. But Inter City are the team that could change that though.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Especially
1: in in this modern world of, you know, all this money and all these, you know, super expensive transfers. I don't know, don't know why they would continue to hold themselves back like that. Even though with what they've been doing is working, to your point, I still think, you know, coming off of the treble, you you got to bring something in big. You, you got to do it. Yeah. And they, they really haven't yet.
0: True. But like when you look at Man City's best players right now, like Erling Holland only cost them sixty million euros. Kevin De Bruyne only cost them seventy four million euros. Um, Ruben Diaz only cost them uh, I I don't see it in euros, but sixty five million pounds. So like they don't have to spend that much. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: No, not at all. They just, they know how to bring in the talent over there.
0: Yeah, and they, they grow it as well. Like, they do a good job of finding young players internationally to bring in. Like, Sergio Aguero, they they got when he was pretty young. Um, Now, like, Julian Alvarez. Like guys like that, that they kind of build up themselves, seem to be the guys that pay off for them. Yeah, for sure. Phil Foden as well. Phil Foden lover right here. <laughs> big Phil Foden guy. But, next, Timothy Weah to Juve. Oh. I I think this is a, fa- a fantastic move.
1: I do, too. Um, it looks more and more like uh, Volovich is on his way out of Juve, and I'm yeah. not saying that Timothy Weah is, you know, already going to be, like, a number one replacement for, you know, Italian Giants Juventus, but, like, it's it's not bad with all the rumors around Volovich at all.
0: Yeah, you know, it's not a bad pickup at all, and You know, he might not guarantee, he's definitely not guaranteed to start. Um, Yes. Naturally, playing kind of right wing and striker, really, either wing and striker, um, it's not going to be the easiest thing to get into that Juventus squad.
1: No, not at all.
0: So, um, yeah, I don't, I I love this move. I think this is the place where he could really build himself up. Uh, which is what he needs. Yes,
1: it's about time for uh, the for Wea to break out. I think I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah, because so he's coming from. Who was he with last year? Lille?
1: Uh, I didn't think he was in France. Let me see. I'm looking it up. Uh oh, yeah, you're right. It was okay.
0: Lille. Yeah, because he was at PSG. Uh, when, like that's where he played when he was kind of young. Yes. Um, and then went on loan to Celtic, then transferred to Lille uh, in 2019. And he's been good. Not great, but he's been a solid player for the United States as well. Um, and I, I think he kind of deserves this. Yeah, I, I'm
1: ready. I'm actually looking at it now. He, um, In 89 appearances for uh, for Lille, 2019 to now, he has actually only scored six goals. So I, I hope he's been playing wing over there because uh, that's horrible.
0: Yeah, Which I believe like I believe he has terrible. been playing wing.
1: <laughs> okay, well that's good. <laughs> uh, but didn't score goal last year in twenty nine appearances.
0: Yeah. Um, another U.S. national team player, Ricardo Pepe, going to PSV.
1: Much more excited about this one.
0: Yes, me too, because PSV does such a good job of making players better.
1: Hundred percent, and I, I. Think he might be a starter off the bat, maybe. Maybe he's he's twenty PSV years had. old,
0: so it'd be pretty difficult.
1: PSV Strikers. I'm looking up who PSV Strikers are right now. Oh yeah, they have that um, El Ghazi guy who's decent. Yeah, um, Luke de Jong, who's been you know playing around for a while, so he's definitely joining a pretty, pretty good. Or no, Luke de Jong plays for Barcelona. Why is it showing me old? No, players? you're thinking
0: of Frankie de Jong, right? He plays. For no, baseball. Luke.
1: Luke and Frankie both played. for Oh, Barcelona. really? Yeah. Oh. <sighs> okay. I. I apparently PSV have nobody that plays for. Short, <laughs> or plays striker for I can't find it. <laughs> well, uh,
0: whatever. Uh, my favorite part about this for Ricardo is that he started in the MLS, and that's a big deal, because a lot yeah, of guys tough. maybe they played for like a youth team in the MLS, and then you know made the jump to Europe, and then made it like, started their senior career, but for Ricardo, he started off playing for FC Dallas as his youth team, then played for the senior team for two years, scored 15 goals, went on loan to, like, some small-ass team, and then got transferred to Augsburg, then went on loan in um, Netherlands to uh, Groningen, and now transferring to PSV, I think is just such a fantastic move.
1: Yeah. Um. And, and like you said, I, you pretty much said it best earlier. Is that they do such a good time with or such a good uh, job with young talent over there in that league that he's in great hands.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um. 100%. The next big con- confirmed move: James Madison to Spurs.
1: This one is massive. Yeah. Um. I love James Madison. Uh, he is a. Very underrated, solid player, and has been for Leicester for a while. But like, dang, now now the ball just got a lot bigger for him, basically. And I, I think he, I think he'll deliver. I, I really do.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic, and he plays that position so well. Yes. So uh, you know, I think for Tottenham, especially if they lose Harry Kane, having a guy that can create chances um, is going to be a big, big thing they'll need
1: hundred percent. Um, and, and I kind of, you know, now that you just said it, I wonder if this transfer is to keep Harry Kane because James Madison is a very solid, you know, either can play right mid or kind of cam or center mid, um, you know, like a playmaking role in those three spots. And maybe it's to keep Harry Kane, you know, in Tottenham, who knows?
0: Could be. Uh, but next move, Yuri Tielemans leaving Leicester making the move to Aston Villa uh, this one, it's a solid move for Aston Villa. I, I feel like you know Tieleman's kind of out of favor um, across you know the majority of teams. Like he wasn't that great at Leicester these last couple of years, but certainly made his name there. And making the move to Villa is not a problem. I think this is a depth move for Villa.
1: I, I think we could actually see him uh, in the starting eleven at Villa. Um, although Aston Villa are a, are a pretty, you know, decent Premier League team uh and Telemans is kind of, you know, had a lot of potential transferred to uh, to last year from I think Belgium, some team in Belgium, maybe like Anderlecht or something like that. And and you know, he comes to last year and it doesn't really work out for him except for that screamer against Chelsea and I I do you know what do you know what goal I'm talking about Grayson?
0: Uh, I don't, not particularly. A, okay,
1: well, after we're done recording, I, I'll have to show you this Teely man's goal against Chelsea. It was pretty much the only good thing he did it last year. Um, but yeah, Aston Villa, I mean, who wouldn't want to go play for Aston Villa today? True. I mean, a lot of young, good talent over there. They're, they're a fantastic team, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh. also, while we're talking about Villa, I keep seeing people using this new logo what do you think about it cuz it looks like the Chelsea logo.
1: For Aston Villa?
0: Yeah, I I've been seeing it like randomly. Like some people use like the normal logo. Apparently this new logo was decided from a fan vote. Um I guess they used it a little bit last year, but I don't think it was on any like jerseys. Um just like an alternate logo.
1: Holy shit. That's Chelsea's it's logo. It's
0: literally the Chelsea logo.
1: It it doesn't look bad, but it's the Chelsea logo. <laughs>
0: yeah wow it's just that the the head of the lion is looking in a different direction.
1: I don't know why they didn't take the old logo and just i I don't know i I like with what they did, like the Aston Villa part of it, and like it has the um i guess like founding year yeah I think they should they should have just added that to that shape, the old logo,
0: yeah. I don't know, I'd like the old logo, like that crest style looks really good,
1: I do too, but I think it would look better if it said Aston Villa instead of a v f c
0: yeah, that's true, yeah, but when you think about logos in like a a business standpoint, the shape that they had there very hard to make Aston Villa look good in yes. that spot. It's true, uh, but to get back to what we were talking about. The next player, one of my favorite transfers, we've talked about this guy, I think like every single week we've talked about transfer moves because I love him. Kim Min-J, fully confirmed at Bayern, fee 42 million pounds. And I've seen people who obviously did not watch the Serie A or Champions League have been questioning this fee of 42 million. People saying it's high. I think you're high if you think that's that's the wrong <laughs> fee because the whole story is told – In one sentence, he was one of two players to play at least 550 minutes in the Champions League last year and not be dribble-passed by an opponent. Not once.
1: And the other player was Pele. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) The other player was uh, Antonio Rudiger.
1: Damn, like... And it's always Bayern too. They they just never seem to make a fuck up when it comes to transfers. And maybe maybe Rodriguez I'm wrong. Side. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, that, that, I, that think
0: would... I think that was a free transfer, so like it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, that. But no, you're right there. But like, and Byron just got a very good player again. They always get good players, but yes, this, this dude is very solid.
0: Yeah, like they made Alex Vidal good again for like a year. <laughs> They, they sure did. Like That's crazy. I
1: always forget that he played at Bayern.
0: Yeah. Uh, but let's get more into the rumors, so no more confirmed moves. Uh, Bayern Munich is showing interest in Harry Kane. I hate this move, uh, personally. I think it's dumb. But Alan love Scherer loves this move. He said here, like this move. if Harry Kane wants to join Bayern, I'll drive his fucking car there myself. Anything to protect my Premier League goal scoring record of 260.
1: <laughs> oh what a fucking quote. Oh, my God. oh wow. That's damn. If I'm yeah. Harry Kane, that's exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. Um
0: I think that I, would make me stay.
1: Yeah it might make me stay too but it's just you know Chelsea fan I want to see the downfall of Tottenham I and I have a lot of respect for Bayern Munich and it would be cool to actually look at Harry Kane from afar and be able to respect his game now because you know I I really can't I'm not allowed to yeah uh and I I would like it if you went to the Bundesliga personally you don't see a lot of british people yeah, in the Bundesliga. And yeah. I think he would be he'd be interesting to see how he could do.
0: Yeah. Only one I can even think of right now is Jude Bellingham last year. Yeah. But um, yeah, Harry Kane is at 213. Alan Scherer holds the record at 260. So, you know, two more decent seasons by Harry Kane. He's got it. I think so. 100%. Because Harry Kane seemingly wasn't that good last year and scored like 40 goals.
1: Yeah. It's, an off year for Harry Kane is a is a good year for everybody else.
0: Yeah. Sorry, yep. 30 goals, not 40. That would have been ridiculous. It's
1: still but, a lot. Yeah, 30 goals.
0: Insane. <laughs> Literally two years of 30 goals would surpass him halfway through the second year. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm sure Alan Scherer wants to keep that one. Because he keeps losing records because of Erling Haaland. Yep. <laughs> but yes. uh, the next one... Liverpool eyeing Leipzig's Dominic, I believe it's Sabazalai.
1: Uh Alright,
0: that was close enough. And
1: the only reason I know that is because I love this guy on FIFA. Let me tell you something about Sobosly. Dominic Soboslai from Leipzig. Hungarian player, first of all. Very unique. Very nice there. His left foot, all I'm gonna say, I I wouldn't get in the way of it if I was a defender. Um he's a got a freak left foot. Not really the not the greatest in the weak foot department on the right side, but he's a fantastic center attacking mid, you know, he can play left mid, um, good playmaker. And I I think he could, uh, he could work out Liverpool pretty well, I think with, uh, McAllister, but that's just my opinion. I like this guy.
0: I think it's a fantastic move. He's been so good for Leipzig over the last couple of years.
1: Um, for sure.
0: I, I think, uh, Tell me if I'm wrong. He came from the other Red Bull team, right?
1: Uh, I think you're you're right.
0: Um, Uh, Let's see. see. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, they do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) They do do that Uh, a
1: lot for some reason.
0: But, yeah, I think that's that's great. Um, He's a fantastic player. He's only 22, which I think is crazy because I feel like I've seen his name for a while.
1: Yeah, and, and on on top of that, he's also one of those kind of like awkward, lanky, tall builds for a playmaking yeah. role, and I feel like you're seeing that a lot more in a, today's game with some players, so he kind of fits that style.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he'd be great at Liverpool, like you said, especially with yes. this addition of Alexis McAllister. Yes. Uh, but next guy, Chelsea, interested in Imerick Laporte. I love it.
1: I think, I, it's, I, I I would, think it's great. I would take another, um, you know, veteran defender, especially if we're taking them away from Manchester City. Um, Yeah, I I really don't have much else to comment on this move. I just, I really hope it happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, was he injured last year? Because I feel like I didn't see him play all that much. That's a good question.
1: I mean, they also, you know, they they reworked
0: their team out a lot. Yeah.
1: um, Formation-wise. So I I almost want to say he was just benched the entire time.
0: Yeah, and he's also linked to Spurs as well. I don't see that as the likely destination, though.
1: Yeah, I don't really either. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if he was hurt last night. Le- not not last night. Um,
0: last season. Last season, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, 2022-2023, he only started 11 games. Gotcha. Well, I mean,
1: once again, he could have just been on the bench too. Cause they, yeah. they like the kanji and Ake a lot.
0: Yeah, which I do as well. So I'm I'm yeah. honestly like if I'm Man City, I'm okay with Imeric Laporte leaving.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It's kind of a win win here. Chelsea could use him. Manchester City don't need him.
0: Yeah. That's
1: really what it comes down to.
0: For sure. Uh and then Christian Pulisic linked with AC Milan. He said that he's given the green light. Uh, to Chelsea to sell him. They just have to figure out the fee.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, bummer. Cause I, I kind of thought, I, dude, I'm so back and forth. Like, you can probably pull up old episodes of me where I'm just trashing Christian Pulisic, but like, I don't know. It's like, it, it's just hot and cold with me. Like, today, hearing this news, I'm kind of upset, you know, that he is given the green light to go. Cause I know Pochettino, it sounded like he was excited to work with him. Um, once he arrives at Chelsea, but I have to admit AC Milan for a player like Pulisic is not a bad move at all. You know, Pulisic no. is one of those very, you know, physical, he likes the 50 50 ball and he's, you know, a very decent playmaker. Um, I think he fits AC Milan like almost perfectly actually.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think it would work because we talked about it. I think last week I said that Marcus Durham was like going to AC Milan. Well, They flipped. Uh, he flipped it and went to Inter Milan. So Ooh. now they still have that opening, you know, on the wing that Marcus Sarron was gonna fill. Now you could get Christian Pulisic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really know how to feel. I, I think the more players we sell, the better players that will come in. Because, you know, Chelsea, I mean, we just freed up another $75 million with Mason Mount um, today. Yeah. So, you know, the more players that leave, I, it kind of builds more anticipation to see what we're going to bring in. But at the same time, you know, anticipation of what Chelsea can bring in is is still unknown. Um, all we know now is that, you know, we've lost a lot of players and it looks like we could lose one more in Pulisic. So I really don't know how to feel about all this Chelsea stuff, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. it have been in the news a lot. Definitely. Your name is all over the transfer rumor, like, Twitter accounts.
1: Yeah, about people leaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Jumping but ship.
0: AC Milan, also interested in another winger, Villarreal's Samuel Chukwuzze. um I think he's, you know, he's been good. Hasn't been, like, phenomenal for Villarreal, but definitely been a, a good player. I think it would be a great pickup, uh, nonetheless. But... Uh, I do like Christian Pulisic a little bit more, and I might you know, just be biased because I've seen him play a whole lot more.
1: Yeah, it. I, I don't really – I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you, you could get um, – what did you say his name was? Chuck Wuzeway? I think it's Chuck Wuze. Wuze? Chuck yeah. Wuze? I think you could probably get him for cheaper than Pulisic, so maybe that's like an interesting idea. For um AC Milan, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I haven't really heard much about this guy, and looking at his stats, they don't really jump out at me like you know, Pulisic yeah. would. So maybe Pulisic's still better, but you know, you probably could get this guy for cheaper.
0: Yeah, like um transfer market has him valued at twenty five million euros. Um, uh, so that's pretty cheap. I, I I don't really know like what is the market for Christian Pulisic right now.
1: I don't know. I would say it's in like the forties or thirties range. Thirty five at like the least, yeah. I would say. Uh
0: actually transfer market has him valued at twenty five euros or twenty five million euros as well. Oh wow. Interesting. Yeah, very much. Uh but let's move to this move because I think it's great. Um Chelsea uh looks like their move for Santos's uh 18 year old winger Angel Gabriel likely to go through because Barca's not willing to rival their 15 million euro bid um and then i'm also seeing rumors that he'll be immediately loaned to Strasbourg who is the team that they recently just bought ownership in
1: what a weird weird shit that's going on man but um this guy though i i really hope really hope this happens <laughs> I mean the last uh the last teenage winger that came out of Santos that I remember was this guy named Neymar, who turned out to be, you know, average. Yeah, so pretty good. I, hopefully Chelsea can strike gold here too.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a great move. Um I don't know too much about this guy, just mainly because he's playing in Brazil. Yeah. But um I, I got a feeling it's gonna be a, a good move. If you know, obviously if they develop him correctly. But Very, very common build for Brazilian winger slash forward. 5'8", makes sense. Uh, But (laughs) very skillful. Like, Uh, his game is great. Uh, It appears he's not really a goal scorer. 67 appearances for Santos. Only scored three goals. But he's got the skills. And uh, I believe he's a pretty good passer is what I've seen. Obviously, playing on the wing, kind of got to be. So um, yeah, hopefully this one works out.
1: I hope so too. I I just you know I can't believe that Chelsea beat out you know Florentino Perez and Real Madrid because uh, he loves watching Brazilian children. Oh, probably probably stalks them if you will.
0: Could he might? <laughs> He's got two but of them.
1: I can't. Yeah, I can't believe Chelsea uh, Chelsea won this though. That's insane. yeah,
0: especially over Barcelona because obviously Barcelona has this connection to Santos through Neymar. Yes. Um, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad I, I want to see more young Brazilian players come up with premier league clubs. Cause it seems like they always come up in Portugal and Spain.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you there,
0: but I do like the, the idea of having Strasbourg as a place to just send a player to develop. <laughs> I love yeah, that well, so much. How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they could oh, just man. continue to loan him there until he's ready.
1: <laughs> Literally.
0: And, like, what are they going to oh, do about man. it? Say no to themselves?
1: Exactly. <laughs> Matt, Smart. he he, uh, he signs the paperwork, pushes it across the table, then he runs around to the other side of the table yeah. and signs it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Yeah, they could get some deals done pretty quickly. <laughs>
1: that would be pretty efficient.
0: Yeah. I wonder if there's any players on Strasbourg right now that maybe Chelsea will just pick up.
1: Yeah, just move them to Europe, yeah, uh, to London.
0: That would be uh, hilarious.
1: I don't know of any players that are on Strasbourg. I
0: feel like they have like a good keeper, maybe. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't really know either. I don't pay that much attention to France outside of all the bullshit PSG polls.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: But nonetheless, I think that's so funny. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> uh but next thing it appears Bayern have agreed to the 50 million euro bid for lucas hernandez from psg
1: so is this a loan that expired and he's just gonna stay with Bayern? because i thought he already played for Bayern.
0: no he's going to psg
1: oh he's going to psg yes okay my bad so
0: yeah, I, I, I wrote already... that one very weirdly
1: Oh, you're good. Um, I know he's already spent time, uh, in France before, so I don't, I don't really see how this is a bad move. Maybe kind of a suckier move for Bayern, but
0: yeah, like he's a great player, undoubtedly. Yeah. But I think he is. Um, yeah, I, I see this as like a pretty good deal. Me too. Well, I, think- I don't, I don't think it's a problem for either team.
1: Nah, uh, PSG, they, they need that striker, though. True. I'm telling well, you, it's
0: Gonzalo Ramos. We don't know that Mbappe's gone yet. True. We don't know anything yet, and he could be waiting. But We'll
1: probably never know when he's gone.
0: Yeah, that's true. He'll just end up on Real Madrid for $5 yeah. billion. Dollars. <laughs> he's just going to play oh, for a man. Saudi Arabian team.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mbappe's a money-hungry piece of shit.
1: Yep, pace merchant.
0: Yep, facts. Absolute sweat. Uh, um. Next, Aston Villa are in advanced talks with Villarreal defender, or at least with Villarreal for their defender, Pau Torres. I think this would be a good pickup. Pau Torres is actually very good. Um, One of the many players that actually gets some shine out of La Liga from some of the smaller teams and – I think Villarreal has been kind of the breeding ground for some great players. So, um yeah, I think this would be a great move.
1: If this transfer goes through, he is the best player on Aston Villa.
0: Uh yeah, probably. That that's my take. I It's like him and Ollie Watkins.
1: Yeah, th- this is what I want to start seeing from, you know, some of these kind of middle of the road Premier League teams is the the, you know, the talks like this. are they're, you know, actually luring away talent that, you know, could go somewhere else. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Pal Torres, like you said, is phenomenal. Uh, almost almost way too phenomenal to be talking to Aston Villa. But then again, Aston Villa, they were, like, what, top six, top five team?
0: Yeah, they, they were. The like, the, were they I think
1: they finished, like, seventh. Yeah. I mean, that's, Maybe. that's pretty good. And Pal Torres would make your team so much better. I love this. Uh, I love this rumor here. I yeah,
0: hope it, I, I it works out. I agree. I think it would be great. Um, yes. Let me just double check this. Uh, the table. Oh well, that's next season. Um, yeah, they finished seventh.
1: Yeah, that's not bad at all.
0: No, not at all. And yeah, I I really like what Aston Villa is kind of has going right now. I'm I'm like a a, a a big fan of what they've got going on. And, yeah. um, you know, when it comes to the defense, they definitely need a little bit of help there. Uh, Matty Cash, very good last year, uh, yes. as well as Esri Consa and Tyrone Mings as well. Actually a bunch of great defenders on this team, honestly, but there are also some guys you could probably sell and get some money off of. Um, like Callum Chambers is a guy that you could sell. I think you should keep him personally, but. Nonetheless, like, oddly enough, they got some goal scoring from their defenders. Um, Matty Cash had nine goals and 14 assists last year. Damn. Uh, Lucas Digne, 11. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. That's not last year. That's their full careers with Aston Villa. I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I know Lucas Digne did not make 252 appearances last season. Um, I was kind I don't know what the Premier League did with their, um, With the website, but it is just so hard to find shit. Oh, 100%. I don't know what the issue is. (laughs) Oh, man. Damn, 252
1: games in one year.
0: (laughs) All right. Hold on. Pause, please. I'm pausing. Okay. Defenders. Matty Cash. 26 appearances last season. Very good. That sounds
1: teams. more like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Woo, that's All right. funny. So, to back to what we were saying. They still have a great defense, though. Matty Cash, Ezri Consa, Tyrone Mings, Callum Chambers, Lucas Digne, and the list goes on. I'm totally fine with what they already have, but adding Pau Torres would be Phenomenal. Yeah,
1: um, what they have is fine. It's just they're not superstars like Pal Torres can be, I think. So, yeah, I like the Pal Torres move, but yeah, to your point, what they have is perfectly fine.
0: And uh, looks like Man United is looking to loan out Mason Greenwood because Eric Ten Hogg doesn't want to sell him yet.
1: Interesting. So, was he. Maybe I'm getting him mixed up with someone else, but he ended up being found, like, not guilty, right? Like, he didn't do all that shit that he did?
0: I believe so.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, that's good for him. I don't don't know if that's the truth, but um, I imagine that's why he's in the news again. Yeah, they got dropped on him in February. Yeah. But Manchester United have been kind of doing their own investigation, though, on him, apparently.
0: Yeah. That's what makes the situation very weird.
1: Yeah. But Mason really Greenwood know.
0: has a future ahead of him in soccer, undoubtedly.
1: He does. Um, and it's cool to see that the charges were dropped, and I, I hope that he didn't do it because, you know, he's a fantastic young kid that plays on a team that's, you know, kind of up and coming with him. You know, we're, we're starting to see a little bit more promise out of Manchester United, and it'd be cool if, you know, Mason Greenwood could be a part of that, but, you know, who knows? what the future holds for him at this point.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling it is getting loaned out to probably like a lower, lower end of the table team this next season.
1: You don't think he could like end up in the championship or somewhere else in Europe?
0: I don't know about the championship. I think, I think if they loan him out, he should probably stay in England and go to like, um like, uh like Burnley, like a team that just came up, needs some talent on the team. Throw him out there. I could see that. I think J.J. Watt would fuck with him.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Who's Burnley's coach? It's a big name. Vincent, Vincent Company. That's right. I could not remember who actually was their coach. Yeah. Sure, Company could like him.
0: Maybe. As long as he yeah. didn't actually do anything. Because nobody <laughs> yeah. should like
1: him. No one should like him at all.
0: <laughs> what? Next, Eric hogg. Once again, stopping them from doing something, he blocked the move of Tom Heaton to Luton Town, because of De Gea's future being uncertain. Weird. Yeah, I very, feel like even weird. even if De Gea doesn't stay, you're gonna find a keeper better than Tom Heaton.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, um, you're better. Yeah, <laughs> definitely better. I I I've been hearing a, a lot about that in the news, and it definitely is a conversation we can have. But like. What what are you doing in regards to De Gea if you're Manchester United?
0: I'd, I'd try to keep him, man. He had the most clean think. sheets last season.
1: Yeah. Um, he had a pretty big resurgence, I thought, last season. I mean, he's getting up there in age, but, like, and I know Saudi Arabia have been calling his name a lot, but, I mean, that, that's your guy, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I, I want to say, like, out of the entire starting 11, he's got to be, like, you know, the one with him the longest at this point, right?
0: Probably, yeah.
1: But imagine so. Um, and I don't know, like, if if a guy that you've had for this long, you know, has, like, a resurgence here and, you know, it's like what you said, had a, you know, the most clean sheets, why would you not, you know, want to resign him? He's a club legend who's still playing well. Yeah. But I don't know.
0: All right. Well, before we move on to the MLS, I want to say something real quick. So um, obviously Premier League season is over. Next year, for the Premier League season, before it starts, I'm going to be deciding who my team is. Oh, shit. It's going to be on the podcast. Decision. Oh, uh, let's go. I've got a few teams in my mind. I'm not going to say them yet. But one of them is not Chelsea. I don't want us to be rooting for the same team. Sorry. Damn. So Chelsea is out of the running, as well as Luton Town. I'll take them out, well, as well. Sorry, I I love the story. I think that's all it is. Um, you gonna be a Wrexham fan? Uh, no, <laughs> I said Premier League. It'd take a few you years never. before that one happens.
1: With how much fucking hype they have,
0: they've yeah, been winning the Prim for twenty five years straight now. I'm officially a hashtag United fan shout out spin fc i am actually a hashtag united fan it's not my premier league team me too yeah fuck hummel for fucking them over <laughs> but let's talk we're bringing it back across the pond but we're keeping it with the same sport uh, oh, kind of i feel like the sport is just entirely different <laughs> but it's time for the mls the debut of the mls on second and short And I I really don't know if I'm excited for this or not. I'll be honest. I don't.
1: Yeah. Just test it out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is is the pilot of the MLS. We might not pick it up. Yes. But we're going to try and catch you guys and ourselves up on the MLS season thus far. And we'll start with the standings in the Eastern Conference. Cincinnati leads with 43 points. Um... They are 13-2 and 4. Not not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not
1: bad at all. They kind of came out of nowhere. They they've pretty much been horrible the entire time they've been an MLS team except for this season. They've been killing Yeah.
0: Them. 10 and 0 and 0 at home.
1: Yeah, that's Wild. That's nice. Yeah. But and St. Louis
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're going to talk about pocket. them in the West. Okay, we're doing East first. Guys. Yeah, we're going East first uh there Cincinnati's 3-2 and 4 at home though that's or er, away sorry that's an issue
1: it is an issue
0: but New England Revolution in second no stranger at to the top uh they are 10-3 and 6 with 36 points 7-0 and 3 at home not bad 3-3-3 away once again not too, not too bad uh Nashville in third uh they have the leading goal scorer in the league, uh, and we'll get to the leading goal scorers, but um, they've played uh, actually tied for the most games played with 20. They sit at 35 points, 10-5 and 5. What I'm noticing so far, you know, we're only three teams into the standings, is that (laughs) these teams actually kind of lose and draw quite a lot. Yeah. Because it took quite a while. For for some Premier League teams to to get to this point, yeah, in losses and draws. Yep, this is also, America. I'm on the MLS's website, and it shows that it it's ties. Sorry, it shows it's It says T is total draws. They're oh. saying it's ties, right? Like that's they're saying yeah. it, it's ties, <laughs> and that's an issue. That's that is something issue. we're not going to be agreeing with. <laughs> It's draws. But number four in the East, and we're only gonna go to the playoff teams. I don't give a fuck about the shit team. Uh Philadelphia. This may
1: be the last time you guys ever hit the MLS. The actually,
0: part. no. No, no, no. I do want to talk about some of these teams not in the playoffs because because they're actually interesting ones to talk about. But Philadelphia's right. in fourth, and I'm gonna run through this because we've already been going for like two and a half hours. Philadelphia's in fourth. They have thirty-four points Ten five four, uh, Columbus in fifth. Uh, believe, wait who who won last? Oh, never mind. Lafc is won, won it last year. Columbus won a couple of years ago. Uh, yes. Columbus thirty one points nine six and four. Um, Atlanta, or Atlanta United, the five stripes, twenty nine points. They sit in sixth place, wait, seven wait, five hang on, hang
1: on, and eight. Atlanta United. I, I don't know if you've seen this yet. Look how many goals for. At 37, but look how many goals against.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. Bro, is Miles Robinson just not doing his job?
1: It's uh, – I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. But it's they're, – they're tied with the most goals uh, conceded, but they're up there and goals scored. It's really yeah. frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, 37, you know, in the East at least is second.
1: Yeah, their goal difference is two. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Okay. Next Orlando in seventh. Fuck 'em. Fuck 'em. Yeah, fuck Orlando. Is that our rival? Yes it is. Alright, cool. Uh they are seven five and seven, so they're also just a game behind. Um or they're a game ugh. We've played one more game than them. But we've also <laughs> drawn one more game than them. Dude, I, I can't speak right now. I don't know what's going on. I might you, I yeah, might need yeah. you to take the reins in the West, but um Can. Montreal is in 8th, 26 points. They're 8-9 and 2, um uh, only drawing two times. It's wild to be in 8th place. Yes. Like 9 crazy. losses is crazy. I'm surprised
1: that a lot of those like weren't draws, honestly
0: yeah well, they have a negative seven goal differential, and it's essentially all coming on the road they're one eight, and two on the road
1: holy shit, that's horrible,
0: yeah, very bad, especially to be eighth in in the east
1: what the fuck's going on in montreal
0: know. all right d c united in ninth they are seven eight, and five they're shit, um and so are the rest of these teams charlotte twenty four points they're six, eight, and six um a team that was once the best, New York Red Bulls, in 11th place, 23 points. They're 5, 6, and 8. Brutal. Wow. They've only scored 17 goals.
1: Yeah, it's they're missing Bradley Wright Phillips, man.
0: Yeah, but they obviously have a great defense. They have their second least goals allowed in the East. Yeah. So, I don't know what their issue is. Uh, Chicago Fire in 12th. They're five, six, and eight. Uh New York City FC, another team that has been good in the past, four, seven, and nine. Uh Toronto in fourteenth is three, seven, and ten. Oof. They uh, yeah, both New York City FC and Toronto have not won a game on the road yet. They've yep. both play uh they've played eleven and ten respectively. And then your fifteenth place team, honestly, the most exciting team come like a couple weeks from now. Inter-Miami, they average less than a point per match. <laughs> Messi and uh, Busquets have work to do. Yes, they certainly do, and so does Tato Martinez. Yes. Um, but we've seen him in the MLS, and he's done it. So well,
1: For sure, he's a champion.
0: Yes, sure is. Uh, but how the fuck are you going to draw zero games? <laughs> They're 5-13-0. Yeah. What sport are they playing?
1: That's, I guess, football.
0: The wrong kind of football.
1: Yeah. All (laughs) right, you want me to take it over in the West? Yes, please. Yeah, I got it. So somehow, some fucking way, St. Louis in their first season, inaugural season for St. Louis, very exciting things going on, are tied in first with LAFC. They're both at 32 points. St. Louis have 10 wins, two draws, seven losses, um, and they have scored way, way more than anybody else in the West way way more goals yeah. for um and you know doing a okay job goals against it's a little bit high you know compared to some of these other teams but whatever LAFC nine wins five draws four losses they're looking pretty good too it's a you know they always look good and another team that always looks good is the team in third Seattle Sounders they're uh eight wins five draws and seven losses um they're you know they just always seem to be up there Uh, Houston Dynamo, I've been hearing a lot about them. Uh, Their games look really, really exciting over there in Houston. I would honestly love to go. They're sitting in fourth. They have eight wins, three draws, and eight losses. Um, Damn, this is kind of brutal. I'm only through four teams, Grayson. Yeah. Um, San Jose in fifth, the Earthquakes. Uh, Seven wins, six draws, and seven losses. And Real Salt Lake right behind them with the same exact record. So kind of interesting there. FC Dallas is going to be seventh place, seven wins, five draws, seven losses. Um, more goals against than goals for, though. Summer. Summer for FC Austin there, and then Matthew McConaughey's uh, Matthew McConaughey United, Matthew McConaughey FC, whatever you want to you know call FC Austin, but I'm just going by the only you know thing that makes them relevant. Uh, seven wins, four draws, and uh, eight losses for them. Vancouver is in ninth with six wins, seven draws, and five losses. Okay, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna stop you here with Vancouver real quick, because but, they are one of four teams in the West with a positive goal differential. Yeah, every there are <laughs> ten ten teams in the West have a negative goal differential, <laughs> but Vancouver has a positive goal differential and they're in ninth. It's
1: because FC Cincinnati FC Cincinnati's over there in the East just killing everybody. I
0: guess, yeah. <laughs> But continue. Very strange. Uh,
1: tenth place, Portland. You got five wins, seven do- uh, draws, and eight losses. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is in 11th behind them. They have five wins, six draws, and ten losses. They actually have the most losses out of anybody in the rest of the league. And they're a negative seven goal differential. Shout so things Jimmy going out Jimmy
0: Conrad. Well. He used to play that. Shout out
1: Jimmy Conrad, yeah. Or what's his name, Conrad? Yeah, Jimmy Conrad. Okay, I thought it was something else. Uh, twelfth is uh Minnesota. Got five wins, six draws, and seven losses there. And then LA Galaxy and Colorado round out the bottom, and I'm not going to read off their records because they're very, very, very bad. <laughs> but the goal difference for them is negative 13. Yeah. So it's uh, been absolutely brutal over there in the Western Conference, literally for everybody.
0: At least they've gotten <laughs> some draws into miami <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but – Let's talk oh, top goal scorers uh, in this league. I accidentally closed the tab. Okay, I got it now. The top goal scorers in the MLS, you have um Mukhtar. What's his last, uh, first name? Haney. Yes, Haney Mukhtar of Nashville with 13 goals uh, in 18 starts. Not bad. Not bad at all. 13 goals, 7 assists. Been very good. Yeah, He has been super solid.
1: I think he's a German international. Yeah, he is. Um, And he has 7 assists as well on top of the 13 goals. So he's just like probably the best player this season, honestly. That's solid.
0: Um, Sorry, I'm pulling it up again. Okay, and then you have Dennis Buonga of LAFC in second with 11 goals. And then a three-way tie at 10 with Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas. uh, Julian Carazzo. Carranza of Philadelphia Union and Georgios Giacomacus
1: <laughs> Yamacus fuck yeah
0: whatever he plays for Atlanta United so he's cool 10 goals
1: yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo plays yeah. for Atlanta United <laughs> 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 yes
0: um, who was that uh, Socrates Former center back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he plays. All right. Uh, Luciano Acosta in sixth for FC Cincinnati at nine, tied with Jordan Morris of Seattle Sounders, and then a five-way tie at eight. uh, Christian Espinoza of San Jose Earthquakes. Christian Benteke, possibly one of the bigger names, oddly enough, in the MLS, uh, of DC United with eight. um, Formerly... Of Crystal Palace, Liverpool, and Aston Villa. Uh, Nicholas... I'm not even going to try that one. Giochini? 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 I don't know. Plays for St. Louis City SC. Stupidest fucking name ever. Eight goals. Uh, And then Lucas Zelorayan and Amine Bossi of uh, Houston Dynamo. They round out the whole... I I was going to say top 10. It's like top 12. Um, Too many ties Yeah, And then your top assisters Charles Hill of New England Revolution With 9 assists uh, Tied with Tiago Almada, The GOAT yes, Atlanta United's GOAT. Tiago Almada with 9 And uh, Daniel Gazdag Of Philadelphia Union uh, Cucha Hernandez of Columbus Crew With 8 And then a ton of people have 7 And The only one I care about Hector Herrera Formerly yeah. of uh Porto and Atletico Madrid, Mexican yeah, International. One
1: of, one of my
0: favorite Mexican
1: players of all time. And Haney Mukhtar is even on this list. He's yeah. one of those guys at seven too.
0: Yep. Yep. I've
1: got Brooks Lennon with Atlanta United as well, the fullback in there.
0: Solid. Love it. I love it. Solid. But who are some of the best players in the MLS? Because I, I genuinely don't know. I think Miles Robinson's up there as a defender.
1: Yeah, Miles Robinson no. is going to be good. Um, I mean, I, we've talked about him a little bit already, but this Haney Mukhtar guy, uh, 13 goals in 20 matches played, um, not started and seven assists. Um, it, it really doesn't get much better than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, um I believe Demarcus- he won the MVP last year.
1: He may have. I, I don't really remember. Uh, if you want to look that up, you can. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Um, Yamakis, though, 10 goals in only 15 games played. And that's not even counting what he started. So he's been absolutely brilliant. And then, of course, as you know, to Atlanta United fans, we have to mention, as you said, the GOAT, Tiago Almada. Almada and Yamakis, that pair is just unbelievable. I would say that that pair is probably one of the best in the league.
0: Yeah. I always. Whenever I get in the car, it automatically turns on to ninety two nine. the game. So whenever I'm leaving work and they're still playing, I hear those names a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should. Yeah. I believe that uh, Mokhtar did win the Landon Donovan Most Valuable Player Award last year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, also, one of the best overall players in the MLS, probably Lionel Messi.
1: Yeah, probably, probably going to be Lionel Messi.
0: Maybe Sergio Busquets. <laughs> Those guys will be pretty good. Yeah,
1: they'll uh, be good.
0: But let's get into storylines, because I think there yeah. is a decent amount of storylines here. Obviously the big one, mm-hmm. Messi, but I want to start here with St. Louis City, who sits atop of the West, tied on points with last year's champion LAFC. Did anybody see this coming? Because when I look at St. Louis City, the only... Name I recognize is Roman Berkey, who used to play for Dortmund.
1: Yeah, oh, that's right. They do have him. Um, he's been, I think, brilliant for them uh, as well since his signing. But I, I really know of nothing else that this team has going on. Whatever it is, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, like I've, I really, I, I know nothing about St. Louis City. I'm gonna be honest; didn't know they existed until today.
1: Yeah, I have. I haven't
0: paid attention to the MLS since we won the MLS Cup.
1: Yeah, but I mean, here we're we're bringing it back, though.
0: We're trying. (laughs) (laughs) It's a valiant effort. It's a
1: valiant effort. Oh man, yeah. I I mean, they're first in the West. I have no idea who their players (laughs) are except for Roman Berkey.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm pledging. I'll at least give this a couple of weeks. Yeah, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just become the biggest Saudi Arabian soccer <laughs> podcast,
1: <laughs> dude. That'd be so awesome. Could you imagine them like oh, buying dude. us out?
0: That'd be so- oh, dude. We get the live bag. <laughs> we get the we get the bag from the PIF. Okay, if they do buy us out, could we behead yeah. some journalists?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Some guy starts talking shit about all it he had, chop him up. <laughs> Boom. All right. Kidnapping. Let's talk about what people actually care about in the MLS. Lionel Messi. Yes. How big is this for the MLS?
1: Well, not only is he going to enter Miami, um, or not only is he coming to the MLS, I should say, he's going to be playing in Miami, which is a huge market, um, especially for like, you know, Hispanics. And I just feel like that. Will times this impact by like a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. I think.
0: Yeah. I I think that realistically that was one of the only landing spots for him. Yeah. At least, you know how I see it. When you look at, you know, across the, the teams in the MLS, that was the spot for a big Hispanic player to land. Otherwise, you know, LA F C of course, big name. LA Galaxy, same thing. Um, maybe a team like, you know, Austin F C, maybe just because they're in Texas, but more realistically, FC Dallas um would have like a big Hispanic market, as well as maybe like New York City F C or New York Red Bulls just because they're big brands as well as you know uh like big Hispanic populations in New York. So yes. Like, I get it, but, yeah, Miami is the spot for him to land. David Beckham owns the team, and the MLS is treating that man right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've already given him Sergio Busquets, too.
0: Well, yeah, and Tata Martino, his former manager of Barcelona.
1: Yes, Yeah, and former MLS champion.
0: Yes, with Atlanta United. I
1: mean, there, shout there's out. a – yeah, shout-out Atlanta United. There is – um. Definitely a storm brewing in inner miami but uh, as we already mentioned, boy, do they have some work to do.
0: Yeah, that they need storm. They're getting
1: some draws up on the board.
0: That storm looks <laughs> like it's wrecking them at the moment. Um yeah. And Tata Martino confirmed in his entry press conference that um, Messi and Sergio Busquets still aren't coming back yet. Oh. Uh, at least not yet.
1: I mean, Uh, I think it'll be okay for Messi. You know, going to a bad MLS team because I mean, he did play for Argentina, Argentina in 2015 and you know 16. So he'll know what it's like to you know have to literally put an entire team on his 5'11" shoulders or 5'1" shoulders, however tall he is.
0: uh, I don't think it's either of those, but. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, Tata Martino knows what it's like. You know, he coached Messi at Barcelona and at Argentina, so he gets you know what he knows exactly what needs to happen for this team to be successful which is give messi the ball and most likely it'll be busquets dispossessed players in the midfield and give messi the ball
1: exactly and to add to that martino already knows how to win in the mls you know aside Correct. from his history with messi yeah so, so he
0: understands th- this is honestly the perfect managerial side it is yeah because he, he knows the MLS already. He's won the MLS Cup with another team. And he you're pairing him with a player who's new to the MLS, which is an entirely different game, honestly. Watching the MLS yeah. and watching La Liga or even league Uh is completely different than watching MLS. And, and even just playing in the MLS in general. Gareth Bale himself said, they don't care about losing over here. Yeah. Like... Like, that's an entirely different idea of of what soccer is played for in the MLS. It's played for money. I'll be honest. That's what the MLS is for. It's a cash grab compared to other soccer leagues. And I I think that, you know, Messi, it's not going to take any time for him to get used to it because the way that he plays and the way that he manipulates a system is going to be so goddamn easy in the MLS. 100%.
1: I mean, like, do you think Messi in his entire life has ever, like, you know, gone out of, like, the streets of his hometown and, you know, played, like, pickup games with the locals? That's exactly what this is going to be like for him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, this is going to, like, did you see the, the video of Victor Ossieman? Uh, yeah. I it's going to be that like video. that on a week-to-week <laughs> basis for Lionel Messi.
1: <laughs> highlight, just a human highlight reel.
0: Yeah, he is going to expose just about Every single player that he walks up to.
1: dude. Did you see him uh, not too long ago? That clip of him dribbling? It was uh, the fan-filmed one versus Australia or something like that? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. He's surrounded by, like, five players with one literally trying to foul him. Can't even foul him. He he just stayed on
0: his feet. I'm going to be honest. No matter when Messi gets into the MLS, let's say he starts mid-July. Let's say that's when he he starts. How long does the MLS season go after that? Like, when does it typically end?
1: Oh, uh, shit! Like, is it November,
0: October? October, November? I thought it was October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is October because it ends like right before the ML, uh, MLB, like the World Series ends. Yes. Because Philadelphia Union lost like the week before the Phillies lost. Um, it's the only reason I know that. Um, but yeah. So like. From mid-July to October, Lionel Messi will be the leading goal scorer in the MLS. I agree. For the whole season.
1: Uh, Do you think he'll be top assister,
0: too? I don't know. Who's he going to assist? Himself. (laughs) Sergio Busquets. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) They only pass to themselves.
0: Yeah, they literally just leave everybody else out. They could probably field those two players and win.
1: They probably could.
0: Them two and a keeper. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, it's
0: it's gonna be ridiculous. I'm d- very excited. I do have one more question kind of relating to this is do you think that the MLS is done competing in the transfer market this summer after already acquiring Messi and Sergio Busquets?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: probably. And that sucks. It
1: does. Yeah, two players that went to the same team.
0: Yeah. Like, I want (laughs) to see it spread out.
1: And I'm sure it will over time, but for right now, I think this is just kind of what we're going to have to settle for.
0: Yeah. So, uh, another question. How long until Claudio Bravo is the keeper for Inter Miami?
1: Ooh. That seems um, like the
0: perfect one.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, I would give it most a season. Okay. Because, what, he's... Where I want to say he's actually playing? very old.
0: Oh yeah, he is. He's forty, but playing for Real Batiste, Um, yeah, I, I definitely could see that one happening. Could do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it it sucks. I feel like the MLS should be linked to a few more players, at least internationally, that are a big deal.
1: I do too, but um, I haven't really heard anything else except for um. You know, Busquets and Messi.
0: Yeah. Like, we heard rumors of, like, Jordi Alba um, and some Di others. Maria. Yeah, Di Maria. But Di Maria is going back to Benfica. Um, I think Jordi Alba might just retire, honestly. But if,
1: yeah. it, if Miami does up.
0: pick him up, we're just running back to Barcelona. Soon enough, they'll have Andres <laughs> Iniesta. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know if an MLS team could compete with what Vizel Kobe is probably paying him.
1: Oh, 100% not, dude. Yeah. No way.
0: Uh, isn't he is he like a player manager there? Or is he just I playing? I haven't
1: heard about Iniesta in a while. I don't even know if he is still a player over there.
0: Okay. I thought he, he was is, pulling like a uh, rude it on us. Tell a rude holit it did? Yeah, he did it for like multiple years. Oh, wow. That was a popular thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s in soccer was for an old player on your team to be a player manager.
1: Wow. Um, This... Okay, so as of May 25th, announced that he's leaving Vistle uh, Kobe by mutual consent, and he's actually looking to play somewhere else. It's Miami. It's, it's it's really happening, isn't it, Grayson? It probably, it
0: probably is gonna. <laughs> or he should I, it, go. He should go play in Orlando.
1: Yeah, somewhere close where yeah. you know he can live near Messi.
0: Yeah, they'll just live in between each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy,
0: dude, this is so bad. I just, I don't know what the MLS is going to become.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. It's. I think, you know, you're right is it's going to a lot of like the player development. It's already so expensive as it is in America compared to like in Europe and like on top of that, you know, they're just luring away um, guys that are, you know, towards the end now. And I think you're, you're actually kind of right is the MLS is going to become more like a, you know, China or Saudi Arabia than what we want it to become probably.
0: Look, I I,
1: I take my opinion away from a couple episodes ago, and I'm actually going to have to probably agree with you now.
0: I'm glad. Glad I've turned you over because I I just, I feel like when it comes to American sports, American sports fans are so used to being the best league for that sport. Yeah. NBA, uh, like Victor Wimbanyama wants to come to the NBA and now is a part of the NBA. We see so many international players, come into the NBA. NFL, nobody else is good at football. American yeah. football. The MLB, yes. Japan great at baseball. All of the like Central American and South American leagues great at baseball as well as Korea uh and China. But the MLB is the place to be. 100%. Yep. And you know, NHL even. Like it's it's crazy how many leagues we have where we're the best in the world yes and so I think that the MLS will never get there of course that, that's so obvious the MLS will never be that yeah but they could at least become a contender yeah the um, whole the whole issue is the format I think yeah having a playoff playing a majority of your schedule during the offseason season like it, you lined this league up with absolutely nothing else because every other one is lined up so that they can send players to the World Cup or international competitions meanwhile the whole like the the CONCACAF Gold Cup is playing right now and <laughs> it's, it's the middle ask, ask of ask the MLS it. season <laughs> Uh, It makes zero sense. Yeah. I I just, I think that if the MLS wants any actual opportunity of being a good soccer league, they have to get rid of the playoff. And they have to change when this season happens.
1: I I think more so when the season happens. Because, you know, us Americans, we love the idea of playoffs, man. I, like, I don't it's in soccer.
0: Such,
1: it's very, you know, deeply rooted. Um, yes. And, and I don't hate it in soccer. I, but I, I think you're right. I, but I definitely agree with you on the scheduling though. That, that is the poorest thing that, that is, it holds the MLS back so much.
0: Yeah. Well, like the best thing about like Europe is the summer transfer window. What we're in right now is one of the best parts of European soccer is that nobody is playing. Yeah, And they also get the opportunity to go represent their national team because the World Cup happens in the summer and the Euros and the Copa America, everything international happens in the summer. Other than, you know, obviously the scheduled international breaks, but there's plenty of times where like, you know, with Atlanta United, I remember that like Josef Martinez representing Venezuela would just not be with the team. For a couple of weeks. And it would fuck us over.
1: It's frustrating man.
0: Yeah. And that's what. That's what hurts the MLS. Because. Let's say. You know. Inter Miami is on a run. And this is saying that. Lionel Messi is still playing for Argentina. But. Let's say Leo Messi is on a run. And Inter Miami is doing really well. And then. He gets selected to the national team. And he leaves. And then. You know. For. Let's say two. Three games. They lose all three. Like, that's something that could actually happen. It is. So, I don't know. I just, I feel like they've got it all ass backwards.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, um, it's so poor. And then, like, the idea of, like, I remember when Brad Guzon uh, signed for um, Middlesbrough, uh, I think, to Atlanta United. We had to wait, like, months for him because of the transfer window. And, and he was still playing games with them, with the other team. Yeah. Like, what, what are the logistics if he were to get hurt? And it would have been like career, uh, or not like, not, not career, but let's say like se- season ending. Can Atlanta United pull out of that transfer? I don't know. It's so, it's just so ass backwards, man.
0: Yeah, it makes no sense. You know, throughout this talking about the MLS, I'm realizing how much I hate it. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> we're giving it a fair chance. But wasn't that
1: so? Wasn't it so cool when Atlanta United was good, though? (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was.
0: I didn't care about any other teams, though. That's the thing. Like the Braves are great. I care about the rest of the MLB, and like when the Falcons were good, I cared about the rest of the NFL. Atlanta United was good. That's all I cared about. Even like the Hawks. When the Hawks are good, I watch the rest of the NBA.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I don't know. I, I just I don't like how the MLS works, and therefore. I don't watch it all the that much.
1: Yeah, it, it really. As much as it is growing, it is very inferior, and it'll stay inferior unless there are changes made.
0: Yeah, like there, like literally, let's see. There's probably a game on, the coming days. Um, yeah. what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, Columbus versus... No, okay. Let's pick... Okay, a good matchup. Literally the top of the table in the East. Cincinnati versus New England on July 1st. It's Saturday night, 7.30. I'll probably be watching the Braves. Actually, I'll be at work. But I would be (laughs) watching the Braves. I would rather watch the Rockies versus the Athletics. That's not saying a lot. If I see Cincinnati versus New England, and I'm like, oh... That's on TV, and then the next thing is fucking Royals versus Nationals. I'm watching <laughs> Royals versus Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it, okay, so we have the Gold Cup going on right now, okay? Um, yep. let's say that the same night you have, um, wait, why the fuck does why is Qatar in the Gold Cup? Are they in the Gold Cup? They are. They play Honduras today.
1: Wow. I didn't know that.
0: That's weird. Uh, But I would rather watch uh, Martinique versus Panama than Cincinnati versus New England.
1: Yeah, I would
0: too. Because I'm sure it's good soccer. Yeah. That's all. That's You're
1: all. exactly right. All,
0: right. all right. Well, we're over three hours, so let's do this top three, bottom three. <laughs>
1: Hey, that's all right. I'm excited for this.
0: <laughs> this has been a long yeah. one. Yes. But let's go. Top three, bottom three. Luke, you're first on the top. Oh, red things. We're doing red things. Anything that's yep. red. Anything. No. Luke, what? Literally <sighs> anything.
1: I know. I know. I know. Okay. It can be literally anything. I I have um, a couple things here on my draft board. I. You know what, Grayson? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an obvious one. Give me Ellie De La Cruz. Love um, it. He's probably Love the best red thing. He is the best red thing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, God, he's been fucking fantastic. I literally cannot get enough of this guy. I I, I hope he does so well. I would, I would seriously hate to see him get hurt this season or just, you know, finish off this season amazing and then just we never hear about him again. I, I really hope we see him for a long time.
0: Yeah. I, you know, since you took something that has to do with the Cincinnati Reds, I'm not going to take what I was going to take, uh, <laughs> which was going to be the big red machine. But I'm going to take Red Solo Cups.
1: Oh, man.
0: Red Solo Cup. Fire. I'm not definitely not drinking beer out of them. I'm underage. But
1: why, why would you? Versatile.
0: Can't even beer. Versatile.
1: Very versatile. You, put,
0: you put goldfish in there. I've Complete certainly room. done that fucking toothbrushes in there yeah toothbrush you could drink water milk any substance um i oh. feel like i've used different mold multi- uh bug traps make some bug traps over oh, yeah. a red solo cup
1: oh. goaded Dang, that's a good pick um give me red velvet cake um mm. damn dude red velvet cake it's just, it, I feel like a lot of the velvet cakes are very underrated among society, and I'm here to, I'm here to rate them. Uh, I, th- they're fantastic.
0: I think they're properly rated as decent because uh, the, oh, I, I, I mean, like red velvet when it's done right. A lot of people make it and it gets very dry. I don't know what the problem is with red velvet cake, but it's always dry.
1: Yeah, it I can need, be. I
0: need a nice moist cake. Okay, my next pick, I'm taking the Marvel logo. Wow. I like, I love the Marvel logo, but also you get like that intro thing where they show all like the things, like all the pictures from all the movies, and then it all becomes the Marvel logo at the beginning of the movies and stuff. It looks so good. Okay. I-, I
1: like that. Um, I'm going to take for my last pick. My Milwaukee cup beside me. Yes. I, I just said Milwaukee cup. Now, Milwaukee is obviously like a, it's like a tool brand. You know, they make weed eaters, drills, hammers, you know, shit like that. But for White Christmas last year, um, my cousin got me a uh, cup, like a Yeti cup style. And it's, uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. And I just wanted to let y'all know uh, that it is my number three top red thing. I love this cup.
0: That was number two. Really? Or
1: wait, no, because I had Ellie De La Cruz yeah, under the that's cake. Right,
0: that's right, that's right, that's right. Never mind. Yeah. So I was disregarding that shit. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm I'm really stuck here. I've got a couple of good ones. I'm gonna take Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. The red logo, fantastic oh, stuff. You get the 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 red box. Particularly when I think of the red box, I think hash browns. And I get them for breakfast. Tenders? I don't typically order tenders. Okay. I'm more of a nuggets or sandwich guy. And then again, you get the red bag with the spicy chicken sandwich. So that too. Um, <sighs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And spicy chicken deluxe is what I typically get. And that has the red box. So. Okay. Goaded shit out of nice. Chick-fil-A.
1: That was solid.
0: Yeah. Honorable mentions. I got a few raspberries, raspberries, goated fruit. That's yep. That's solid. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. What? Else? Angry Birds. The main Angry Bird. Oh yeah. Good red one. Red Kool Aid. Yeah, Red Kool Aid's good. The Kool Aid man in general. Yeah. Good pick. He's red. Uh, the the big red wiffle ball bat.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Those were sick.
1: When I think of wiffle ball, I think of the yellow skinny. Really? Red.
0: Yeah. Ah, dude, you we always had the big at like the giant barrel, red <laughs> wiffle ball bat.
1: <laughs> i like but it. but we
0: did we also had i think it was either it was either blue or yellow I can't remember and uh we duct taped the barrel oh wow get some extra spin on it all right bottom three i've got the first pick i'm gonna go uh don't say it the red water that comes out of the ketchup bottle
1: oh that's such a good one yeah what even is that, bro?
0: I, I think it's just like the water that comes out of the ketchup before like it gets because it, it like separates when it's sitting yeah. there and that's what comes out. And it's fucking gross. I already don't really like ketchup. Like I'll put it on the fries and stuff, but that's really it.
1: Yeah. But I hate
0: I think that water is probably what makes me not like ketchup.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big ketchup fan either. That's not really why, but that's a very, very good point. Um. Uh, let's see. I got a, I got some good ones here. I, I'm going to go ahead and take this one. The red button. You should never press the red button, but it Facts. happens all the time. Uh, just, you know, don't do it. It's red. Come on. Yeah.
0: Obviously red means stop. You're um, awesome. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with a red For pen, sure. red pens, because that's what the teachers always graded with was red pen. Yeah. That always scared me.
1: But I mean, Hey, you got to revise your papers, man. With the red pen. Nah. Uh, what, what's your favorite ink color?
0: Blue. Blue or uh, black?
1: I'm, yeah, I was about to say I'm more of a black kind of guy. Yeah. Um Ah, uh, right. I, I'm going to go an easy one here. I'm actually going to throw two in here because, uh, well, like it, it, it's whatever. Um, Liverpool and Arsenal. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. They're both red.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take uh Supreme Supreme box logo parody shirts. What? So, like, you know, like, the Supreme box (laughs) logo, like, the red, square, like, rectangle that says Supreme on the t-shirt?
1: Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Okay, the
0: ones that are jokes. Yeah, the one that I, um, saw, like, as an example is the one that says, suck me, instead of Supreme. And, like, everybody was making these, like- when that was like a big trend. Yeah. Like every single person was making these and I saw them all over the place and they suck.
1: That that's a good one, man. I you know, it's one thing to have like a knockoff of something that's designer that's you it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's another thing to get a cringy ass knockoff of something. <laughs> yeah. And uh no, that was a very good pick right yeah,
0: there. A, a close second when it comes to bad t-shirts. Is straight out of and then something. Yep. Those suck.
1: Yep, those were very popular for a while when that uh straight out of Compton movie was yeah. coming out about NWA. Oh yeah. my goodness.
0: But Whew. you have the final pick here.
1: So this is I, I really this one should have been my first pick because uh you know, out of importance, I guess, but um the red I see when I remember that Carlos Rodon has yet to pitch and makes $27 million a year. <laughs> that, that red is a, uh, a very good red. <laughs> uh, brutal. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Honorable mentions. Um, the, the Braves red being uh, that color code CE1134. It's what we use for second and short. Perfect. Great red. Uh, Perfect. That was for the top. My bad. uh, Oh, now you're good. Yeah, I forgot about that one until now. Um, But for the bottom, uh, a rash.
1: Oh, red rash.
0: Pimples. Yeah, sucks. Yeah, acne. Yep. That one's bad. Uh, Netflix, now that they got rid of password sharing.
1: Oh, fuck them.
0: Really fucked me.
1: Yeah, fucked me too.
0: (laughs) Uh, The live action Clifford the Big Red Dog. Shit was ass.
1: I didn't even know they ever did a live-action movie of him. I think it,
0: like, just came out. I only watched, like, the trailer and stuff, but it looks so bad. Clifford? the. Oh, my God. He looks
1: horrifying.
0: Yeah, dude. He looks like a monster.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's terrifying.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's weird. Dang.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there.
0: Um... Yeah, any honorable mentions for you on the bottom? No, nah, man. I, I mean, I, I had mine. <laughs> the, All right. My three were my three. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. And if you listen to this whole episode, you are a trooper, a, a real fan. Like three hours and 20 minutes. Wild. I, I commend your efforts to listen Me to this, too. especially the MLS portion. <laughs>
1: we talked about Messi for probably three hours
0: (laughs) yeah essentially that's all there is to talk about (laughs) with the mls (laughs) but you that's listening i'm going to address you once again specifically if you are still listening to this episode and you're not following us on all of our social media platforms what are you thinking come on guys But also, make sure that you're giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're following on there as well. Make sure you join that second and short subreddit. You can find the r slash in the description of the podcast, whether you're listening on YouTube or on any of your podcast platforms. And if you are listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, everything like that. And um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Peace. Peace.